I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Speedy, how do you like my hair sticking out of the hat? Does that look good? Does it like... Look like a new style for me over here? Sure. You we'll like it? That. It's good. You're, I'm asking you, does it look good? Yeah. So you, you like it? You dig it? Sure. How about the women? If, do you that's, think, if that's the word you want to use, do go you for think, it. Do you think the women would like it? Uh, sure. I, I, I couldn't tell. I'm not an expert in that area, so I don't know. Well, hold on one second. So you're telling me that the women won't like it? I have no idea. I'm asking you as a friend. I'll judge, yes. So you're, you're going to give the judge, and you're the judge, the jury, and everything. You're going to tell me that the women would love it? Sure. Their panties would drop. I suppose, if that's the terms you want to use. I mean, you have to tell me if the panties are going to drop. I don't know. I could, again, this is not my area of expertise. All right. We're going to have to ask everybody out there. There you you go. Poll 100 women. Oh, there you go. Well, every single woman that is actually listening to the show tonight, I want you to check out this wonderful style I have, the hair hanging out of the the bed of my hat, okay? So uh, if you like it, just reply, I love it. By the way, uh, Snug is saying something later tonight on the show. Guess the mystery of smell on the show. Hit really, it. Snug? Oh, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, uh, at 11 o'clock, we will be talking to our very special guest, uh, Draft Countdown Managing Partner and Analyst Shane Hallam, who has been on the show. Uh, very nice guy. Uh, knows his stuff, so... He will be joining us, and I'm sure we'll have our own thoughts, and he'll have his thoughts. I think this is the guy that Jeff likes, right? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember, but I remember I was listening to it back when we had him on. He was the one that had all the draft projections for the next four years yes. in advance. That was him. Yes, I think I think Jeff really liked it. Okay. So you might have to tell Jeff that uh, we're going to have Hallam on. I think he really does like him. But anyways, uh, Snug says, when the panties hit the floor, when the panties hit the floor. Yes. Thank you, Snug. Thank you. We really appreciate that, Snug. Our panties do hit the floor. But Speedy is wearing girl panties. I'm wearing. No, uh, I had to do that a, w- a month ago because I lost the bet. You were wearing it on your head, but you weren't wearing, you know. I'm not wearing them now. Between the thighs, you know. I, I think that would be interesting. <sighs> you know? Of course you think so. Why? You don't think it would be? No. Well, I think it would be very interesting. But anyways, uh, again, uh, we will get into, obviously, the combine, uh, which has begun today. Uh, quarterbacks, wide receivers, who else, Speedy? Tight ends, and then running backs are coming up later. There we go. So a uh, lot to talk about with the combine. Uh, we will get into, obviously, something that we didn't get into, and we'll get into it first with the NBA. A lot of interesting things happening. Uh, how about LeBron James? Uh, for the first time uh, 
going into the last 22, 23 games of the season that he is under 500. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine that? LeBron James. Oh, wow. I mean, seriously. They're in, they're in a, a situation where they might not even make the playoffs. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, very interesting uh, moving forward with the L.A. Lakers and what they could do in the offseason and what they should do in the offseason. Uh, like I said, we'll get into a lot of football today. Uh, we'll get into that. And obviously with our countdown person, Shane Hallam, he, he's going to have his own thoughts to you know, what is going to happen in the draft this year. And Does the combine change uh, your thoughts on specific players on where they should be drafted? I mean, obviously, a lot of people, you know, move up in the draft because of what they do in the combine. Mm-hmm. So it'll be very, very interesting uh, where some of these quarterbacks, some of these wide receivers land up. And, and by the way, uh, Jeff was telling us the other day that uh, six quarterbacks he believes will be drafted in the first round. Wow. You know, really? So yeah, that's what he says. I, I mean... We might have to get Jeff on a little bit later because uh, I'm sure he has his own thoughts. That's, a, that's interesting. I never heard that one before. I think most people maybe max out at four from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. He says he says six. He believes there's six, core, there's six wide receivers that will be drafted in the first round. Oh, receivers or quarterbacks? Wide receivers. Oh, uh, you said quarterbacks at first. Okay, oh. no, that makes a little more sense. Okay. Six wide receivers. Six wide receivers. Yeah, I can see that. I don't think four quarterbacks are drafting. In no, I, I think most likely it will be two or three. I say two. Yeah. I don't think uh, – I, I we we all know I I still think Pickett is first round draft pick even with his small hands and we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. Um, we will also get into this baseball strike. We we got a little bit bits and pieces in it yesterday. Uh, uh, very interesting stuff going on right now in baseball and and some of these quarter some of these trade talks right now in the NFL. Very interesting stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming out. Uh, Kyler Murray speaks out. Well, he doesn't speak out. His agent speaks out for him, which is uh, very interesting. We got it. Do you have the, the stuff? I'm that, pulling it up right now. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. So Kyler Murray speaks, but he doesn't speak. So very interesting moving forward with Kyler Murray. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? It, it's so funny when these athletes, when they're speaking through their agents, they're speaking through their moms or their fathers, uh, Odell Beckham being one of them. Uh, all these different athletes, they don't speak for themselves. They have other people speaking for them. Uh, Tom Brady over the years had his wife speaking for him. or So we think that Tom Brady was having his wife. Maybe she just wanted to speak for him. But uh, it, it's so funny that these professional athletes can't speak for themselves. So uh, I'm not surprised. But anyways, um, why don't we get into the basketball first? And, and to me, uh, we could go back and forth, which – we, we watch the NBA, and, and you wonder. You look at the talent, and, and I believe the talent is so – there's so lack of it, all right? You, you look at the top teams in the East. You have Miami, Chicago, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, okay? And then you look at the top teams in the West, Phoenix, Golden State, Memphis, and Utah. After those four teams in both, you know, both sides from West to East – then you go down, you go to the second tier. You have Dallas, Minnesota, L.A., Los Angeles. And then you have Cleveland, Boston, Toronto, Brooklyn. Okay? Now, when you, you know, over the years, when you looked at the, when you actually checked out the West and the Western Conference, and you, you try to compare and contrast the West to the East, what would you prefer to play in, the West or the East? You would rather probably play in the East because the East is easier. Over the years, the West has been dominant. 
for the last, I would say, 20 years since the Lakers took their reign with Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant. And then there was the San Antonio Spurs. Mm -hmm. Now you look at the East right now, and over the last couple of years, Miami's gotten better. Philadelphia's gotten better. Milwaukee's gotten better. Brooklyn's gotten better. Atlanta's gotten better. Boston has been back and forth. Yeah. And then you talk about the top teams over the last 20 years in the West. The Lakers gotten worse. The LA Clippers have gotten worse. The Minnesota Timberwolves have gotten worse. And you try to look... And, oh, by the way, the San Antonio Spurs, too, have gotten worse. Mm-hmm. Playoff drought ended last year. Or streak. We talk about the NBA being a, a young man's league. That's what it is. It's a young man's league. Usually when you turn 30, 31, your career is over. I mean, it's a rarity. You'll have some of these guys that last a long, long-lasting career, like Tim Duncan because he's a defensive guru. Kevin Garnett, because he, he was a good two-way player. Kobe Bryant, who was a good two-way player. Michael Jordan, who was a great two-way player. These guys have to play two-way basketball. These one-dimensional players, they don't last that long. And I talk about, yes, I'm going to bring him up. Steph Curry, a one-dimensional player, a defensive-minded player. When his legs go on him, his ankles go on him, which he's slowly but surely doing, He's not going to be the same player. We could talk about, you know, it's not a big man's league anymore. It's not, uh, you don't need a big man. You don't need an athletic big man anymore that can go in and slam dunk the ball and dominate the paint. You don't need that anymore. You need a big man that can shoot. A Joel Embiid type of player. You... You try to understand how the NBA and, and all these sports are trying to transition into. They, they're trying to make the game more fun to watch. These younger kids, these, these infants that are starting to pick a sport on what they want to play when they become seven, eight years. Do they want to play peewee hockey? Do they want to play, obviously, uh, what do they call it? Little League Baseball. Peewee Football. And then you look at this game, and basketball is a big, money-drawn game now with the CBA and the new television deals that they have. Even the All-Star game, believe it or not, how pathetic it was, it was watched around the world. It was a, millions and millions of people watched that stupid All-Star game. And the slam dunk contest, which was horrific. Yeah. You look at the game, and this is why I think basketball is falling apart. Now, you have guys like LeBron James, who's very politically spoken, who has his own thoughts to what's going on in the world. His uh, uh, remarks, racist to be exact in a lot of ways. But not even LeBron James. But the game of superstars. The James Harden that forces him his way out of one team to another team to another team because he's a baby and he can't handle the problems that could happen with other superstars on the same team. And then you got guys like Julius Randle, who wants to be in New York, who doesn't want to be in New York, loves the fans, hates the fans. I mean, prima donnas. That's where this sport has become. 
And with 24 games, 25 games left of the NBA season, what is there to look forward to? What is it that the NBA stands for now that any of these youngsters, these fans, these kids want to watch? Because I'll tell you this right now, a lot of these young fans, they're not a a team favorite. They don't like teams anymore. They like players. They don't care anymore who wins the championship. I mean, my youth, my when I was a kid in the 90s, the people that are my age, the Jeffs of the world, the Snugs of the world, they were team fans. And people like Speedy's age, they're more like player fans. They like Steph, I'm going to root for Steph. I like Clay, I'm going to root for Clay. I like Embiid, I'm going to root for Embiid. I like LeBron, I'm going to root for LeBron. I like the Greek freak. I'll root for the Greek freak. Mm -hmm. And that is where basketball is going. And Adam Silver, I thought, was one of the best commissioners in sports. I thought he was the best. That's not saying much. He has really let LeBron James and these bag of misfits take over the league and ruin the league right in front of our eyes. Now, as a fan, and I know you all out there, You love the game of basketball because it is fun. Playoff basketball, there's nothing like it when you go to the finals. You watch the Eastern and Western Conference finals. They're fun to watch. Yeah, later on. Just kidding. They get it the first couple rounds. That's where you weren't always if there's too many teams. It's fun to watch. It really is. And you you get to watch it on TNT when you you get to see what Shaquille O'Neal says and Charles Barkley says. (laughs) You know, Kenny Smith says or Kenny Johnson says. I mean, all these different people. And they're funny and they make jokes about it. And it's great. That Wonderful. Again, that again, what Charles Barkley says is usually wrong. <laughs> Why I'm bringing this up is, is because the NBA, to me, is a playoff. It's a playoff league now. Nobody cares about the regular season. Guys, I am a Knicks fan. Diehard Knicks fan. I have watched 11 full Knicks games this year. Out of the 82 games or whatever, they've got what? Uh, 60 some odd games left. 66, 64. I don't know what the exact total is. I have watched 11 Nick games this year. There's a reason why I don't want to watch the Knicks anymore. The game is washed up. Yes, the Knicks stink. We all know that. But even when my team stink, I still watch the games. I th- I'm still a fan. I still root them on. Yeah, last year I had a little bit of lust because of the playoff drought, but still, yeah. I mean, to talk about basketball now, it, it starts to get on my nerves. Because these players are not all about basketball anymore. When Michael Jordan played, it was all about basketball. When Magic Johnson played, it was about women and basketball. (laughs) Okay? Will Chamberlain, it was about women and basketball. Even Kobe Bryant. I think Kobe was the last of the, the superstar players that just defined the love of the game of basketball. Kobe's gone now. And the league is not like that anymore. These players, as much as they play the game and they think they love the game and they go out in there and they, they, they sport their logos or whoever, they, whoever they're playing for, they don't give a crap about the team that they play for. They don't give a crap about the fans that they play for in front of either. All they care about is how much money you're going to pay them And how many points they score, how many blocks they have, how many passes, how many rebounds they have. 
They don't care about the team and where the team is because it doesn't put money in their pockets what the team is doing, Speedy. And not only that, it's also, are this team going to be there for that long either? We're seeing players flee all the time too, which doesn't help for a, a team success. If you're an old, not old school, like maybe like your age or something like that, or even further back, if you're a, say, a Knicks fan or a Lakers fan or something like that, yeah, you might have your stretch of the superstar player coming in and then all of a sudden he's gone and you're back to nothing again. Look at the Houston Rockets. They had their stretch with James Harden when he was there. He's gone and now the team one of the worst in the NBA right now. So it's hard to be able to get those consistent, I guess, team fans going when you have that kind of thing. Now it's getting a little better with like Milwaukee and Phoenix last year. There was a little more parity, and maybe this year there could be the same case, but still, it's going to be hard to keep that kind of thing going. The players are the league now, unfortunately, the way it's going, and their egos have taken over where they want to play with this guy. Then all of a sudden, oh, this relationship's not working again. Oh, nope, got to get traded again. Let's demand a trade. Uh, James Harden did it twice in a year. And now he's with the 76ers. He looks happy. Ben Simmons leaves the 76ers, goes to the Nets. He looks happy. But now he's going to be out another two, three weeks, allegedly, from what we're hearing. And a lot of these other players, too. Now Russell Westbrook's doing it again. He's wanting out of the Lakers, which seemed inevitable anyway, but still made it confirmed. So it doesn't make it easy for these team fans to be able to support their team when you just don't know what direction they're again. You get excited for this. Then the hype dies out. It just doesn't work in basketball. And that's why it's kind of catering to the younger, uh, younger fans now because they can care about the players. Like you were saying, with my generation, a lot of guys are LeBron fans or Kobe fans at that time that they didn't really root for the hometown team. I knew a lot of Knicks fans when I was in high school, but when I was in college, not really. There were a couple of them, and then the rest were all just player fans for the most part that I knew of. Uh, by the way, Jeff has arrived. Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Jeff. Yeah, before we get you on, Jeff, I want to give a shout-out to my friend Wally over there in Puerto Rico. Got into a very, very bad car accident, oh. but he, he is alive and he's doing well, and I want to give a shout-out. He's on the feed right now. Uh, Wally, I'm so happy that everything is okay. Uh, He almost died in that car accident. Wally, I'm wishing you all the best, man. Absolutely. So thank you, Wally. Keep staying on, Wally. I know you're a basketball fan. Uh, Jeff, what's going on, bud? Errol, you can't have things both ways, right? And and listen, I get it. You're you're frustrated with the players. Got it. But why why should the players give a shit? when teams don't give a shit about them. How many times across any sport, this isn't just a basketball issue, but across any sport, you see teams go, we're not trading this guy. A week later, they trade him. So why should the players have any loyalty for the team when the team has no loyalty for them? I I, I agree with you on a lot of things that you just said, Jeff. You're absolutely right. Uh, And and this is all about making money. The league is all about making money with the TV deals. And and these owners don't give a crap about the players. They really don't. They only care about is how much money they're making every single game and how many fannies are in the audience. That's all they care about. But here, these players, when they get drafted – and they may they commit to these teams, these organizations, and they talk about they're the not, fans. They're not committing. They're not committing to the team. That's the thing. They have no choice when they get drafted. So don't say that they're committing to them when they get drafted. Then why do they go out there? Why do they go out there and support the the uh, you know the place that they live, uh, the cities that they work? They're trying to raise money and, and try to help the poor and and help the because kids. Because maybe maybe people genuinely want to help other people, and that's fine, and you can still do that and whatever. Do you believe right? that? Do you believe well, that these players I, I, really listen, care about I, that? Listen, I, 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 I like to believe the best in every human I being. I know you right? do, Jeff. Right? I know you so, do. So, uh, so uh, uh, 
take it with a grain of salt. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're just doing it for tax purposes. But I would like to believe that they would at least care about helping other humans in need. Okay. So that is what it is. But their charity, a lot of these people that have charities, their charity work doesn't stop with, hey, listen, Brady did a lot for charities in Boston. He came to Tampa. He did a lot for charities here, too. He still did charity work. Yeah, but here's the thing. And I I will say this. Football players are completely different than basketball players. I I will say that. It's it's absolutely true. I'm just saying they they continue with their charitable contributions in whatever city that they're in. So that is what it is. But why should the players be loyal to a team when you hear it all the time, nonstop? Oh, well, it's just a business. We had to do what was right for the business. Well, then why? It's like any other workplace. Do you think your workplace gives a shit about you? No, they don't. They couldn't give two shits. They care about their business. And that's what the owners do. They care about their business. Absolutely. So, but why, so why blame the players when they're going, because hey, they wouldn't for me and get a better deal? Because there wouldn't be a business without the players. It wouldn't be a business without uh, the people uh, that are running your business. Uh, all of no, that I mean, it's true. But it's come on, true, how many LeBron right? James are out there? How many LeBron uh, Jameses? Yeah, come on, yeah, yeah. But you Luka Doncic. Hold on, but you get them every generation. We can go through the LeBrons, the Kobe's, Michael Jordan. That's three different generations of players right there. There's always been a top player, and, then, and now everyone's saying it's Garnett, and that will or not Garnett. I'm sorry, Durant. Tony Durant. Yes, right. I got the wrong cat. Yeah, that's fine. Um and. uh you know, it's, there's always going to be a best player in the league that everyone's going to go, oh, he's Jordan. You, they're always going to make – dude, do you remember? Who was the dude for the Miami Heat? They called Baby Jordan. He yeah, was a Harold bum, but they're always – right, but they're always trying to make the dude the next Jordan. They're always trying to do it because it's a it's good for the brand. It's good for business to say this is the next guy. There's always going to be a next guy. Yes. So and why, I- shouldn't, why shouldn't the players – just take care of themselves. But, but when you take that contract, when they're offering you that $150, million, no, $200 million contract. In, they're forced into that commitment. They're forced into it. You get drafted, you're forced into it. You have no choice on where you're going. No, but, I think he's referring to max contracts. I'm talking not, about max contracts, and I'm talking about the fans. The fans are everything to where this – or they're, they're, they're making, if they weren't fans, there wouldn't be money, okay? Because these owners, they don't want to go into their own pockets, and they don't want to spend out of their own pocket. They don't. But you're just. But you're discounting the other part of this, right? You're, you're like, cause, uh, listen, we all, we all get it. Fans, they drive the revenue. Got it. But for every time that LeBron has left that trash city by that trash lake in that trash state in Cleveland, right? He goes to another place and that fan base gets invigorated. And listen, they, when, when LeBron chose Miami, it was after – they had won championships and they were kind of in a downspurt. This is post Shaq and all that. It reinvigorates that community. So, okay, Cleveland is on their way down, but oh, guess what? Miami's on their way. Dude, every time one of these people leaves and goes somewhere else, they gain more fans in the city they're going to. And, and Jeff, I'm not even taking shots at LeBron James and what LeBron James has done on and I'm off the court. I'm just using him as the example. I, I, I'm, I'm talking because Bradley Beal's on his way out of Washington. Too. My thought is James Harden. Okay, and yeah, and I watched James Harden yesterday after the game. He had his uh, first home game uh, against the Knicks and uh, triple double. And he went out there and they asked him crazy questions. They said, well, where do you think this team is going to be? I think we're a championship competitive team. How the hell would you know? How the well, hell would well, you know? You've been well, there me, for five minutes and you're saying well, that me, they're a championship me, competitive let me ask team. You a question. Let me ask you a question. Three weeks ago, how many James Harden fans, fans were there in Philadelphia? None. Close to close to zero. 
How many James Harden fans are in Philadelphia this week? They're all. All of them. Yeah. Right. They're so all wearing beards about, in the audience. Right. Right. So when you're talking about, oh, but it's about the fans and these fans will be upset. Yeah. But whatever city they're going to, those fans are super pumped up. Yeah. So but who cares? But it Jeff, all evens out. But Jeff, you can't sit here today and tell me that when you hear a guy come out there, and by the way, he, he ran himself out of Brooklyn. He absolutely ran himself out of Brooklyn. Same Claimed, with Ben Simmons. Yeah, that's fine. He ran himself out of Brooklyn. Well, first of all, Ben Simmons, I would have done what Ben Simmons wanted to do. If I'm making $30 million, I don't have to play. I'd be sitting on my ass, planning my fanny and saying, oh, well. John- oh, but what about the fans in Philly? They're paying your salary and we want to see you Although play. they've been done with him for eight they've months. They've been done with him anyways. They wanted to run him out. <laughs> right, but that, I'm just going to say. Nobody wanted. Brooklyn so didn't want. Right, but this is what makes your point so ridiculous. Yeah, but no, it, no, it isn't because the Brooklyn fans didn't want James Harden out. James Harden was pissed off because him and Kyrie Irving didn't fit the mold Brooklyn, of where this Brooklyn team was fans, going. Brooklyn fans want to win, and they weren't winning with James Harden because those players hate each other. Well, hold on a maybe second. They'll be better. They maybe were, they'll be better off. Well, hold, hold on, to Jeff. They were thirteen and three when all three of them were in the lineup. How do we know they could never win? happens? Okay, how do we know they can't win together? Because when they never did. All, because all three of them are never healthy at the same time. We watched it last year too. Yeah, well, that's because you know Kyrie Irving listen, listen, uh, with everything on been, and off the court. Been, they've been a trio for two seasons or a season and a half or whatever, but basically through two years, it wasn't working. How many how many games total in the last in, in the two years they were together did all three of them ever play? Sixteen. Sixteen games out of a hundred and thirty. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> So when you're like, oh, well, how do you know they can't win? Because they're never healthy together. They're never on the court together. Never. 16 out of whatever it is, 120, 130, 140, whatever the total number of games. Yeah, because they had the short season year. last year. Yeah, Right, until this year or whatever. It wasn't happening. So it's a great idea. It's great to be like, oh, well, what if we could get all of them on the court? Yeah, what if? What if? You got a better chance of my grandmother coming back to life. <laughs> Suck says LeBron. I think says, I'd rather watch your grandmother play than watch half these players play. Obviously. But this is what I'm. But this is what I'm saying. It wasn't happening. It wasn't. You can say, "Oh, but they could have." Yeah, maybe. But it wasn't happening. Snuck says LeBron James says vacation on three. One, two, three. Vacation. Uh, if it gets to three quarterbacks in the first round, it'll be surprising. I think some people will come to their senses on Sam Howell, a slash of the third round. Tom Brady's wife could do anything he likes for me. Uh, East and West is kind of like NFC versus AFC in football. I love how James Harden loves uh, how much James Harden loves Philly fans. For now, has he not heard about the Santa incident? Uh, I don't forget Derek Harper. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. If you could shoot the three and rim protect, you'll have a job for as long as your knees last. What if they make the slam dunk contest more interesting by doing it on hockey ice and dudes can skate to the rim? Well, thank you, Snug. I want to watch baseball, sad panda. I'm an old ass pickle. I still cheer for the team. People come around. Franchises last a lot longer. <laughs> well, to Earl's credit, yeah. that's 11 more Knicks games than most other Knicks fans have watched. Probably. Uh, and well, Stop about- trying to make the Knicks happen. They stink. They do. I, I, I admit it. I think they are absolutely horrible. The only thing that really I, I'm excited to watch is R.J. Barrett's uh, development. That's about it. I mean, everything else has just been absolutely garbage. Snark says, I hope James Harden demands another trade before the playoffs. 
Or are you going to get into a philosophical debate on the existence of altruism? Yeah. My only loyalty in sports is me to my television. Uh, the <laughs> beef says there will not be anything without the fans. Screw the NBA. Snug says the beer. Oh James Harden God. has the There's wisdom another... of the NBA. We should listen to him. <laughs> There's <laughs> so... another know-nothing nobody, that beef. What a moron that kid is. <laughs> How does he even know what's going on? Didn't he give up watching sports because someone took a no, he, he, Even when he did, like, was watching sports, like, two, three years ago when he cared about it, the NBA was <laughs> right, never his is, thing either. Right, right, right. This is how little he means, right? Someone took a knee and hurt his feelings. He goes, I'm not watching. Life went on without him. Like, no, like, no one blinked an eye. And then he was like, oh, no one's sad. I'm not watching. All shit. I guess I'm going to start watching again. <laughs> Ben says, Snug, what about the concession stands as reasons for watching? Uh, Snug says, oh, you're right. I might have to rethink the whole thing. Hashtag bans the beef. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And again, I'm not taking shots at certain players in the NBA. I'm I'm talking about the whole product. And the product is washed up. You look at the league and, and the growth of the league. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, there's so much money coming in with the, the new TV deals and everything like that. You could say the same about college basketball, college football with the new C, you know, the NIL. new TV deals and the, the and, and the MLB deals and, and stuff like that. And, and even the NHL, they got the new TV deals with ESPN and TNT and USA. So that's great. The leagues are trying to find money. They're making ways and bringing ways in you for wanna... money and, and total. Hold on one second, Jeff. What what bothers me more than anything is that these players run the league. They're telling the owners. They're telling the coaches, you know what? Sit down. I'm running this team. We're running the new we're we're running the neutral jo- neutral zone trap. We're we're playing uh the zone defense. We're we're playing man to man. We're 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 gonna play the triangle. Okay, you have LeBron James, not just LeBron James. You have Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant at the press conferences over here at Brooklyn at the end of the games, when they have questions to ask him, he won't answer them. The only time Kevin Durant will answer the question if it's not about where he sees himself in the offense and where he sees himself as a team leader. Anything else, he'll throw everybody under the bus because that Kevin Durant doesn't give a crap about the team. Kevin Durant cares about. Kevin Durant. And and to me, when you're a superstar player and your team is paying you hundreds of millions of dollars to represent the product and represent you as an organization leader, you should be going out there and showing the organization that you're worth what you're, you're getting paid. And I don't think guys like Kevin Durant, guys like James Harden, guys like LeBron James or Russell Westbrook. By the way, Russell Westbrook, okay, he looks like he don't even want to be there anymore. So why is he on a basketball court? He looks like he's playing for the Knicks. Uh, looks like he's playing for a minor league basketball team. Well, well, listen, you got you got two problems here, right? You're 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 touching on a lot of subjects. The first one was, oh, basketball's got a problem. You want you want to fix basketball? Here's the way to fix basketball. Let's hear it. It's very simple. Let's hear it. It's very simple. You only need to change one thing. It fixes everything. Let's hear it. No more teams can have three max contracts per team. Make it two, right? Spread these guys out. Mm -hmm. No more super teams. Mm -hmm. None. Zero. Mm -hmm. Spread them out. There's, there's, is it 30 or 32 NBA teams? 30. 30 NBA teams. Right. Right. First of all, there isn't 60 guys getting a max contract. So spreading them out over the the whole league so every market has someone to watch and maybe build around would help. That way there's not, you know, uh, the Miami Heat with Ray Allen, 
LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Kyle Korver, like spread those guys out. It'll make it a more team thing. You'll see people. How do you do more it? People How do you do it? Uh, so you figure out a role. You limit. No, it's easy. You limit the number of max contracts two instead of three. Subtract one. Only two per team. Not three. That'll help. That'll help in terms of limiting the super teams. I, the, I think that thing that Arrow was describing more is the way the players operate now and forcing their way out if something goes wrong, like James Harden did with the Nets right, but, and then with the Rockets last year too. Right, but the way, but the way the players operate. Listen, th- this is very simple. We all have jobs. We've all had bosses we hate. They've all been cocksuckers. We've not liked anyone we've ever worked for. I'm sure everyone in the chat can relate. I'm sure they've all worked a shitty job that they don't like. They probably still do. Right. So look at it from that. Don't look at the money and how much they're getting paid. That's driven by the market and whatever. Okay. Just look at at it as you, you're at work, and your boss is shitting on you constantly. And say, well, you're not worth nothing. I can replace you. Hey, what are you going to do, Errol? You're going to go, great. I'm going to go work at the McDonald's up the street or the Burger King or whatever because they like me better. They're not going to shit on me. They're not going to say, oh, we're not trading him and then trade him two weeks later. Right? Your boss doesn't care about you. So why should you care about them? Why? I'm sure there's examples like that in the NBA. I just think that's more common with the other sports, too. I think in the NBA, there are some examples. Like LeBron is frustrated, was frustrated with Dan Gilbert. That was a big reason he wanted back out of Cleveland the first time and the second time. But more the second time, especially. But I think you see more of those cases in the NFL with a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of receivers. Look at, look at all the Jaguars team that almost made the Super Bowl. They're mostly frustrated at the organization. I think the NBA, it's more they're frustrated at certain players more than they are with coaches. Because a lot of coaches are figureheads in the NBA. They really just let the players do their thing. There's certain great coaches. I'm not denying that. Like, there's 10 or 11 coaches that are pretty good. But a lot of them are just figureheads. Like, Tyron Lue's a puppet for LeBron. But it doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter, Speedy. You see it all the time where these teams go, we care about you. And guess what? They don't. They don't. They don't. They'll trade them two weeks later. And then, and the owners and all that sort of stuff are always preaching, oh, it's, it's a business. We've got to make a business move. It's, it, it's a bit. So you don't care about me. So why should I care about you? Why? No, and I, again, Jeff, I think a lot of points that you have made, I would agree with you. But again, you've got to look at it as a job. Take the money out of it. Look at it as a job. Right? Yeah. It, you're, I, working, you're working at Best Buy and, uh, Circuit City, I know they're not around. Circuit City calls and they're going to go, we'll give you a dollar an hour more. You're going to leave Best Buy. Well, well you're probably right. But right, again... So, so don't hate on these people for adopting the same attitude that's been, that's been shoved down their throats. These owners constantly say, well, it's a business, got to do it. It's a business, got to do it. So don't get mad at the players when they go, hey, man, it's a business. I'm just going to do right by me. But I, again, I, I understand what you're saying, Jeff. I, I'm thrown a curveball every time I listen to some of these players after the press conference or at the press conferences, and then before the games, and, and then when, when they're trying to figure out where the team is going and where, where this roster is going and what they're going to do by in the, the way, offseason. All that stuff is forced upon them, by the way. What do you right? mean? That's, that's, dude, them sitting at press conferences is not their choice. They have to do it. Yes, they have to do it because they're making tons and tons of money, and it's part of it's part of working no one, in that market. No, you shouldn't care about the money. You shouldn't care about the money. It doesn't matter. The money doesn't matter. It's a job. 
It's like anything else. You don't think Beeb would stop making coleslaw for whatever <laughs> shit supermarket he's at and go to the next supermarket if they said would give you more money? Of course he would, and he'd be a liar to tell you he wouldn't. <laughs> oh, damn, they go after the col- sultan of coleslaw like that. Right, but the, right, but no, no, no. But this is what you guys are doing. You guys are making the issue about, oh, because they get the money, they should care. Well, someone else is going to offer them more money. What do you care what they want to do with their life? Why would, why are you trying to like limit their opportunities? Because you like the laundry they wear. Uh, listen, but that's, that's the way the league is now. That's the way the fan is. They're, they're not. But the league is that way because it was forced upon them. Uh Maybe if the owners for, oh, fucking Canucks. What the hell? (laughs) I hate this team. Um, maybe, maybe if, if it was like that, this attitude wasn't forced upon them for years and years, you can't have just your boss shrugging his shoulders at you going, well, it's a business. Good luck out there. <laughs> You're funny, man. Snuck says, hashtag pray for Bayshore. Beef says, it's not basketball anymore. Snuck says, breaking news. NBA announces new franchise, the Las Vegas Panty Droppers. The new GM will be Speedy Petey from Long Island. Yeah. Ben says, that would kill dynasties. They need to do something about tanking then. Snuck says, what if they threw all the NBA players' names in a hat and you draw <laughs> random new teams every year, rec league style? And the real confusion comes in when fans expect players to have the same loyalty to the team and the fans to have to the team that they and forget that the players and owners are in a business relationship right the 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 only reason money ever gets brought into this is because you somehow are trying to live vicariously through these people like and and i I don't mean you personally but just fans in general they're like oh I, i i could do that or i wish i could do that you don't see anyone giving a shit when someone works at bank of america and they go to chase bank no one's ever like, that sucks, man. You were my bank teller. How am I going to get money now? I, I, again, Jeff, your, all your points are solid, and I, I'm not going to argue what your points – you would you would be that fan that's going to – Oh, my to, God, and they just allowed another quick one. Why are you a fan of this team? They are hot garbage. What are you talking about, the Islanders? Oh, the Canucks just scored again. That's two goals in 15 seconds. What an absolute used diaper this team is. <laughs> I'm not watching the game, so – I wouldn't even know what's going on, but yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> Use diaper. <laughs> no, but I, I, I'm looking at it. You know, if you, if you're a fan or you're a person that you know is looking outside of where the brand is and where the NBA is now, you, I would agree with you. But if you're a fan, what? you've been a fan. Hold on, if you have been a fan of the NBA like I have for over almost. Almost thirty years. I have years. two. I ha- yes, I have you two. have. I get it. You have. So, and I'm I get, a, and I know I am a fan. Celtics fan because that's how I grew up. Yes, I'm not, uh, and like I'm a, a fan. fan and... and I'm a fan of the Knicks because I'm a Nick fan. Okay, I'm well, not mostly because you hate yourself. Because there's well, no way you can go through life liking something that terrible and whatever. still like yourself. Whatever. The fact is, is I'm a Nick fan. All right. And when I look at the Knicks and I and I understand where the Knicks are, they're a rebuilding organization. They've been a rebuilding organization for the last twenty five years. Okay, so let's get the Knicks out of the conversation. What I'm right, trying well, to say what I'm trying to say right now is these younger kids 
They look up to the Kevin Durant's of the world, the LeBron James's of the world, the Steph Curry's of the world. And and then you look at the brand and you look at what they're doing to the brain. You have Steph Curry throwing his mouthpiece at people and, and, and acting like a jackass. You have Julius Randle putting his two thumbs down when the Knicks fans were saying MVP last year. And then he tells everybody he doesn't give a crap what the fans think. And then you have LeBron James. You know, we don't care about your pol- political views to anything. Why are you talking? Just play the goddamn game and... And, and play at the top of your level and stop it, okay? But then he comes out with his political views and pisses people off. And, and you know what? I'm tired of it, okay? You're yeah, making. But, yeah, but you want to know what? It pisses some people off. Let's face it. The, uh, the politics thing, it's 50 50, right? So half of the people are cheering him on for his political views, and half of the people are booing him. It's the same with Kobe Covington, who's. Views are polar opposite of of LeBron James, well, and people will cheer for him because they're like, "Yeah, his politics," and then the other half thinks he's an idiot. So he is an idiot. Leave the politics thing out of it, because for every one athlete that says something, there's a whole nother athlete. Okay, okay, that yeah. all right. You don't want an idiot. You don't want to bring up the politics. That's fine. I don't. I don't even want to talk about politics on this show. What I'm saying is. These guys, they don't just play basketball anymore. They've got other things to say. They make millions and millions of dollars. They run their Leave organizations. The it, they no run their organizations, Jeff. I mean, you have owners that are multi-billionaires, okay? They say one stupid thing. You know what? The, you know what? Here, I don't want to play for them anymore. Sell your team or we're going to freaking run the, you out of your own freaking team. You the own the right. team. You own right. the here's, team. Here's the problem with what you're doing. You're ignoring that the players are the league, Okay. Let's switch from basketball to baseball for one second. Just on this point, just on this one point, you're like, oh, I don't like the players having a say. Okay, well, now the owners have locked out the players and they've told them to go, go eat it, right? See you later. Okay, so now the owners are probably thinking about bringing in replacement players. No, are you going to show up to those games when none of the best players are playing? Or do you want to see the best players playing? Mm-hmm. No, because I don't see I don't see baseball doing that. I think baseball will sit out as long as they can until they they've come to an agreement. Before. First of all, they've done it before. And when? This is totally the only... When was the last time... Baseball's, we... baseball's had replacement players. When? when? I don't remember. The only time I can think of is during World War II. The, I right. don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> They've had replacements. Oh, come There's on, a- Jeff. That was 100 years ago, okay? So, come on, so Jeff. Do, dude, doesn't even matter. It's also a world conflict. Dude, dude, football tried to do it not that long yes, ago. Yes, football definitely, was but baseball's different. Baseball's different. Baseball's different. I mean, how many guys How many guys in a, in a world can hit 100-mile-per-hour fastballs? Right. I mean, well, right. Okay, well, but so here's the thing. Are, are you a huge college baseball fan? I watch college baseball. I'm not like you. Don't watch college. Baseball. No, I watch. I watch. Co- We've interviewed a one guy. On uh, you, you couldn't name who the top MLB prospect is right now. But it's like for the draft. Who do right. you think's the number one pick for the draft? Who do I think is the number one pick for the draft? Yeah. I know yeah, last year. I know last year was Al Leiter's son. Right. No one cares who's going to be the number one pick in this year's draft. I don't know. I, I, I get right, because I, you only watch professional baseball because you don't care. By the way, the answer is, answer is Drew Jones. He plays high school baseball okay. in Georgia, okay. and he also happens to be Andrew Jones' son. And oh. he hit a bomb today against uh, Decatur. Okay, so good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, that's my point. You only care about seeing the best people. You're not, you're not that's, watching college that's baseball because you love. Baseball. That's not true, Jeff. I mean, I watch. I watch the college World Series. Oh, yeah, I watch that. Down, you, how many single A games you been to? Because you love the game. Uh, how many single None. games? I've been to double A games. I've been to triple A games. 
Right, you're like once or twice in your life you've been to Yankee. Well, hold on one like second. No, I've been times. a Scranton. I, I, I've been a Scranton fan. When Don Mattingly's son was playing for Scranton, I used to go every single year at least four or five times because I love Don Mattingly, and he used to go all the time over there. And I used to hang out with Donnie Baseball, and he was my favorite player. That's how I got his autographs. That's how I got to know Don Mattingly. So you're wrong, Jeff. No one cares about Don Mattingly. I do, right? but. But but you're not you're not like oh the Yankees are on tonight no I don't want to see that I want to see Scranton play because I love baseball. Mm-hmm. You want to see the best players playing that it's a it's a player driven every league is a player driven league that's why so they oh, the oh all right player, so why. so because oh wait wait a second because the best player is the best player you know what they got to run the league they can they could do whatever the hell they want hey if they want to dance on the table if they want to dance on the top of the hey, dugout naked uh, hey, let them do it here's, hey here's let them do for it you. here's something for you. These teams don't want that to happen. Don't offer them contracts. Don't offer them contracts. You know what the problem is? Everyone wanted LeBron on their team, so they're willing to put up with it. It's the same reason why people want still at 38 years old. But Jeff, that doesn't make it okay. Jeff, it doesn't make it okay. So hold on a second. LeBron. It's all part of the it's all part of the negotiation. When you <laughs> negotiation to who? LeBron James? No, no, no. They no. They know these teams know what they're getting into. These organizations know what they're getting into. It's just like when you show up to your job and they're like, "We'll give you ten dollars." I'm just saying, "We'll give you ten dollars an hour," and you're like, "I want 11. and they're like, "No," and you're like, "Well, ten dollars an hour in health insurance," and they're like. No, it's all part of the negotiation. The extra stuff you need. It's not just the money. It's health insurance or it's this or it's that. It's every Don't get me started. these negotiations. Don't get me started with the health insurance and everything because these leagues do not do it enough. They don't take care of their players. I am tired of, all, of it. They I, don't. I'm just making, I'm just making the all point. Right, that I'm just telling you, job, they don't. A, there's negotiations in the things that you want for That's your fine. job. That's fine. Right? Absolutely. I want a pension. So when you, when, so I want a 50-50 a James, split. You know he's going to be a pain in the ass about wanting certain players. You know, if you don't want that, don't have them on your team. Don't offer them a contract. The problem is they all want them on their team because it's a player-driven league. Uh, that's fine. But uh, nobody wants LeBron James speaking for the league, speaking for the team, speaking for everything that LeBron James you has to— you, you don't know that? You're Come not on. in the league, Come on. so you don't Come on. know that. You think the buses want LeBron James to speak for them. Come on. We all know about the bus family. Then why don't they—then they, they trade them. Oh, we don't want him speaking for Trust me, man. they want to. You think they don't want to trade LeBron James? No, they don't want to trade that's him. Not they know that that's, the... that's not true. That's not true. Listen, whenever he decides he wants to start playing again, he's going to be a dominant player. Oh, no question. Until he retires, it's probably going to be. No like question. That. No question. He's going to go wherever his son gets dra- drafted to. He already came out and said it. He already came right. out and said it. And that's right. why that's... if you know that, if you're a Lakers fan and you know that LeBron James is leaving because he's not going to be a Laker because Bronny's going to probably be one way or another because they know they could get LeBron James in a two, two-man two split, they're going to draft LeBron, Bronny, even if he's not even worth a top-five pick because guess he's what? He's not, trust me. No, he's not. I know he isn't. He's averaging six points a game <laughs> right now in high school. Okay, he's not even worth a slice of that shitty blaze pizza that LeBron. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, but if you know you can, if you know you can get LeBron James for him, they're gonna draft him. So it doesn't matter, right? Because everyone still wants LeBron. It's part of the process. You know these headaches come with having him. That's part of it, dude. That's part of it. Suck says Knicks fans too tend to do a little self-loathing. Oh, Replacement players are kind of awesome in a fun, campy way. I bet you that was Stunk said that. <laughs> yes. Stunk also asks, how many Long Island Ducks games have you been to? Um, three. Uh, Carl says, Errol, three Car- Errol cares about the mediocre players also. He is a Knicks and Jets fan. Care Stuck about the says, mediocre players? 
Stark says, that would be pretty funny if there was drunk care less about the dugout boys. dancing. Carl says, Don Zimmer and Joe Torrey naked dugout dancing. Oh, God. Guys, I, I just want to let you guys know something. I am a Jet fan. I, 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 honest, straight up to God. My condolences. I, that's fine. I don't have a Jets jersey besides a Curtis Martin with any Jets the player with their name. My name is behind oh, every single Jets jersey. But- but okay. you shouldn't even have that jersey because Curtis Martin was disloyal to the Patriots. He should have stayed loyalty to team over everything, right, oh. Errol? Well, loyalty to team. Hold on, hold on. The Patriots wait, wait, wait. drafted him. So what? Okay. Right. So all the Patriots inside him. The Patriots Listen, inside him. They tried to. No, they did. Curtis didn't. Martin wanted more no. money and he wanted to leave. So. So now you're a fan of it because he went to your team and he was great. Uh, with your oh, team, for, by the for, way, he was great. I'm not. Sh- no, I'm not. Listen, I'm not shitting on it. I'm just making the point, right? All of a sudden, you're a Curtis Martin fan, and you loved it because he came to your team for more money. Okay. Why hate on these people for doing I'm it? I'm not hating on him. I'm just you speaking are. by – no, I'm not, Jeff. I'm not hating on him. And I'm not talking about football. I'm talking about basketball. And these players have ruined the game. Sport. The game is ruined. It's garbage. It is garbage. The game is garbage. Come on, Jeff. Honest to God. Honest to God. Don't lie to me. Do not lie to me because I know you're going to lie to me. Okay, how many basket? How many NBA games have you watched this year? All right, hold on. Okay, honest, so, full uh, NBA games, uh, dude. Uh, dude, I'm first of all, I'm going to be completely honest. All right, let's hear it. And it's gonna and it's gonna blow your mind. Okay, and you and you want to know why you're going to be like, oh yeah, I forgot. It's because you're stupid, right? Mm-hmm. But we talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm the biggest piece of shit on the planet. Yes, you're I better. Bet on ev- I, yes. Dude, I'm watching an Islanders and Canucks game right now with four and a half minutes left. Why? Because <laughs> I bet on it, right? So I watch everything that I bet oh, on. Oh, you're a betting right? man. I mean, so I'm suggesting, right. right. So when you're like, how many basketball games have you? Dude, I'm a piece of shit. How many games do you well, think Well, it doesn't I'll make you a piece of shit. Season? You're a sports fan. No, no, no. I'm saying it. I, I'll watch anything I bet on. Do you okay. know how many co- dude, first of all. Do you know I watched? Uh, I watched a college. I didn't even know it was a college. You're the wrong I person. I should ask them. this. Yeah. Right. So when you're like, oh, how many NBA get? Almost all of them. You definitely. Did, did you hear about the five and twenty four team that won their conference tournament Speedy. yesterday? How many full NBA games have you watched this year? Full NBA games. Full NBA games. I would say. Three. 30, oh, I don't watch full 30, uh, see, here's the thing. 30 NBAs. Uh, yeah, because I, I watch more college basketball. And even that, I haven't watched as much this year either. Uh, go Providence. I hope you're a Providence fan. Speedy. I, I, I like them a lot from a like an analytic perspective this year. I think they could be dangerous for sure. I mean, if you, if you if you if you I think list, they're overrated. I love them. But if you listen. Oh, really? <laughs> I, it's funny because I went out to dinner tonight, and I was talking to somebody, uh, a sports fan right behind me, and he was talking about basketball, and he loved basketball. He was a Michael Jordan fan. And I said, how many basketball games – do you watch right now? And it's so funny. This is where this conversation got brought up, and that's why I wanted to talk about it. He says, I barely watch basketball anymore because the game is completely washed up. And and well, I said but, – But that's – I also think that that could be – back to your original point on this about liking teams mm-hmm. versus players or whatever. Yeah. Yep. That's also a generational thing too yeah. because if you're, if you're our age, mm-hmm. the, the, game, the game has changed. And if you preferred the game then, you're going to say, oh, it's, you know, it's watered down or whatever, right, whatever. But like for, for the younger people, I think they prefer it like this. Because they, the kids never saw the game the way it was, should have been played. It should be played like uh, it was in the 90s. Old, first of all, don't Come be on. an old man. Come right? on. Because, you Come know, on. You put a pinky. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, Jeff. You put a pinky. Jeff, you put a pinky on a player right now and they're at the line. I mean, I saw Michael Jordan get you know, listen, launched. Launched to the second row. 
everything evolves for good or for better. Every and you think evolves, this is better? Right? So, you think the game is better? Uh, it, listen, it, it makes it better in this sense. Okay, just in this sense. Just hang with me because I know that you're ready to scream. I'm not ready right? to scream. But but the 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 old well, perfect example. Rudy Tomjanovich, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that whole that whole thing. Mm-hmm. First of all, the game couldn't exist now the way it did then because, dude, they were throwing full-blown haymakers on the court and breaking their jaws. And people want to see a LeBron James play every night. And if it cuts down on the injuries, having two-hand touch out there, for lack of a better term or whatever, it keeps the better players on the court, and that's what people want to see. And so that is what it is. Hold on, now, hold, now, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you hold on, hold on, James Jaw? Hold on one second. Did you just say that the the best players are on the court? These best players are sitting out healthy. They're sitting out games where Michael no, no, Jordan, no, no, no. Michael no, Jordan, I, no, Michael Jordan saying, used to say, Michael Jordan used to hold on. Michael Jordan used to say, "I played in every single game because the fans came to see me." Look, does LeBron James play in it? LeBron James playing every single freaking right, game? He nice doesn't. He doesn't. He's getting old though. He's getting old, man. Doesn't he never did. He did it six years ago he too. He did it six years ago too. Come on, Jeff. Right, right. But I'm just, I'm just saying. It, the game would be unsustainable now the way it was played then because I mean, let's, you can't have Bill Lambeer clothesline and everybody. Not? That was bad. People are going to be healthy. That was great. I mean, that was, that's where you, you saw these teams right, absolutely hated each up. other. Listen, I, I loved that basketball too. So uh, listen, I get it. But you, you can't be hurting what the league is all about because as much as you hate the fact that it's a player's league, the owners also love having those guys on their team because even throughout – all. All of time, even dude, I'm a Celtics fan. Mm-hmm. Larry Bird wasn't playing. A lot of people would be like, "Oh crap, Larry Bird's not playing." Mm-hmm. Like people want to see the best players out there. And you and you like the fact that these players speak for the organization, speak for themselves, and throw the organizations under the bus. You think this is normal? Oh, but but it, it turned about as fair play. How long have these organizations been throwing players under the bus? Oh, okay, and they're they're the ones that are paying your salary. They're no, the ones. No, 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 not by your argument. Fans pay the salary. That's so right. Pick a battle. But who? So, so pick. It goes into the owners' pockets, and the owners pay the players. Do they not? Right. So it's extortion. <laughs> that's true. <but> <laughs> so now, so now that's what you're defending: legal extortion. Good for you. Sex says, well, the players aren't as pure as the wind-driven snow. Wasn't there just a huge fraud case that ex-players committed fraud with the NFL fund? Yeah, it was Clinton Portis and a couple others. Yeah, it was also, yeah, it was also a patriot, a former patriot, Ken, uh, Kembrell Tompkins was yep. in it too. He just, oh, wow. He okay. just got ordered, yeah, he just got ordered to pay $1.2 million back or something or whatever he took. Uh, I've watched three quarters of one game this year. Yes, I guess that's a tough life for a Sacramento Kings fan, Snug. I right, but that. that's he's a boss at Celtic fan. Idiot that, oh yes, right, but right, but that's but that's how you know he doesn't have a gambling problem, right? Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I, listen, I bet on a school I didn't even know existed until a month ago. I bet on a school called USC Upstate. <laughs> I know you told us, and you actually won too. I did. I did. I get University of South Carolina upstate. I can't tell you what town they're in. I can't tell you what they're famous for. I all I can tell you is they covered four points against Bellarmine. We're, we're, we need to get uh, Chaz's guy, uh, Jonathan, to see if he knows that school. He probably, <laughs> he probably would be the only yeah. shot of knowing that. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've I've learned so much by being a degenerate gambler. So when when someone says to you, "Oh, I've only watched a uh, half of one basketball game." Great. What do you do? Go to church? <laughs> <laughs> but there's a, 
there's a lot, Jeff. There's a lot of people that I know are huge basketball fans that can't sit and watch basketball anymore. They don't want to see right, these players. But there's, that... a lot of, but there's a lot of morons like that, right? You saw the Beav last year give up on football. Does anyone care or what <laughs> that he gave up on football? <laughs> Ever, listen, everyone has their own personal reasons for giving up on whatever sport they're giving up on. And guess what? No one gives a shit. Because guess what? Ratings are still higher than ever. Well, higher probably, than ever. You're probably right. And by the way, uh, at uh, 11 o'clock, we're going to have Shane Hallam on. And I know you like Shane. So uh, you like uh, his thoughts of the draft. You think he's very uh, on point with, uh, you know, a lot of his draft. No one's more on point than me. You guys you guys are barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, well, I, you know what? I, I, before I know. David Collins is lucky to be a second-round draft pick. <laughs> I wasn't Shane. I didn't say that. No, he's, uh, he's taking shots at Austin Gale when he had him on the show last Austin year. Gale also runs the NFL. What, what is PFF. That? Yeah. The PFF. Yeah. I mean. Right. And, and they're all. And first of all, who? listen, I'm not trying to shoot my own horn. But, you know, listen, the proof is in the pudding. Who's been more right about the NFL draft over everyone that you've had? You're probably here. You're right there. I mean, you're right there. Right. These chumps are all like going to give you something. You know, I, I guarantee you this pair of clown shoes comes on tonight and talks about David Bell's four, six, uh, 40 speed today. Right. Mm-hmm. He's not going to tell you that David Bell almost fell halfway through it because he stumbled, but everyone's going to go all four, six. So that's a terrible 40 time. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's also probably going to tout the fact, Oh, Taquan Thornton. He, he broke combine record for a 40 today. Mm-hmm. Four two one is what he ran. Mm-hmm. He's also not going to tell you Tyquan Thornton couldn't catch a cold, <laughs> which is probably a bad trait in a wide receiver. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll, be, he'll be drafted by the Chiefs in the fifth round just to uh, take right, defenders but back. You know, right, but this is the thing. Everyone's, you know, every numbers monkey, you included Speedy, you're probably looking at these fugazi numbers that they're running. No one cares. Well, no, I, no I look cares. at the combine more as a tiebreaker among prospects I like. Obviously, there'll be differentiations you of prospects. What, Speedy, you I like. actually respect that. I actually respect that. That's a very good lo- way to look at it. If you like a couple of guys, maybe these things could be a tiebreaker. So right. I, I respect that's that. that's the way I judge in terms of the prospects I like the most, which will obviously be different than certain other prospects. Errol and I were talking <laughs> about it yesterday. Like, I think if you polled a hundred NFL analysts, they would have one different best receiver they would like in this draft. Like there'll be five different answers for that. <laughs> the way it's structured this year with, with, right, the, like, with that particular class. You, you, I think you had London number one. I had Burks. Like it was, it was different. I I, no, no, I don't, I don't have London. Number one. I have Jameson Williams. Oh, Jameson. Okay. Okay. Right. Even with the, even with the injury, I don't, okay. that injury to me isn't a problem really anymore. It's a, it'll be a problem for him. I don't know. Maybe this season or maybe just the first half of the season or whatever, mm. but I don't look at it as a long-term problem, you know? Yeah, and, and, and also this picket thing. I mean, the stories are coming out that his hands oh are too small, God. which I think is ridiculous. That's a real, that's a, no, that's a real problem. Ah, come on, man. No, I, no, no. That's a, no, that's a real problem because when you guys have when you just look at it like this, right? If you're holding a regular football versus you holding a Nerf football, mm-hmm. you have a better grip because the Nerf football is small. Forget the sponginess. Like if you're holding a kid's football versus a regular football, you got a better grip over the kid's football because you can get your hand more around it. Right. So when you have Von Miller try to slap it out of your hands, having smaller hands is, is a bit of an issue. I'm not saying it's the be all end all, but it's a bit of an issue. It's an issue, but it's still I don't think it's going to hurt, hurt his draft stock. I really don't. It, uh, it may. It may not. Who knows? It's kind of a weak uh, quarterback class. So, yeah. so who knows on that front? But, um, you know, I mean, that is what it is. But, you know, you're going to see all, all sorts of crazy stuff. Right. All sorts of crazy stuff. 
Let me let, here's here's a great question about Justin Fields, right? Because you'll you'll remember this because I even said to you how ridiculous this was. When oh, with the lights, yeah, up. the spotlights and all that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyone anyone in Chicago saying, "Oh, Justin Fields can't play because he's got epilepsy." Right. No, I, I thought that was ridiculous too. I but, mean... th- but this is what this is what's going to happen. Everyone's trying to find something right now. Everyone's trying to find something wrong with them instead of trying to see what's right. And the best way to evaluate these guys, honestly, is to watch them play football. No one cares about your forty; it matters, but not terribly much. No one cares about your three cone drill; it matters not terribly much. I right, mean, no my favorite is when draft stuff. analysts only reference one game as a focal point for a uh, prospect. I mean, so. Aaron, if if Aaron, if you look at where Aaron Donald was drafted, right behind Odell Beckham, mm-hmm. I mean, he was the best player in that draft by far. He's yep. one of the greatest defensive players of all time. But he but was drafted happens, at thirteen. Right, but it happens, right? But it happens all the time, though. You it just happens all the time. You don't who, know how these the kids player, get developed. Dude, I mean, this is an easy answer. Who was the best player in last year's draft? Um. Probably was, Micah Parsons. He wasn't taken until eighth or ninth. Eleventh, or yeah. Eleventh, yeah. whatever he was. It was. I knew it was like at the top, but you know, not at the top. We don't know you what know? the quarterbacks are going to be yet. So right now, well, he well is. right. But right I'm just saying, even out of all of those other players, mm-hmm. Najee Harris was drafted there. Rashawn Slater, thirteen. Yeah. Right, Rashawn Slater, thirteen. Who, by the way, I loved, mm-hmm. loved Rashawn. Yeah, and right, the Giants like, could have taken him, but they wanted to trade back instead. We'll say there he goes. Right, in the Giants. Is, right, but this is what I'm saying. The best way to judge these guys is if you watch the game, and if you watched like Northwestern or play or whatever, you would have seen mm-hmm. Rashawn Slater absolutely mowing people over. Yes, absolutely. Right? Yes, You're, you don't see that in uh, the the lingerie Olympics. <laughs> isn't that isn't that what it is that's what it is right that's, that's what cj calls it on his show he calls it the underwear olympics it really yeah, is the lingerie olympics it's just a bunch of dudes running around in their underwear where you're trying to find something wrong with them last year it was justin fields epilepsy don't have bright lights because he might freak out no you're you're reaching man you're trying to find something wrong with these guys uh, Stuck says, I think the Cowboys are very happy that the Beeve gave up on football. <laughs> Jeff is almost always right. He's also a fine gentleman. Oh, of course. Carl says, Daxton Hill. Stingley and Ross injuries are intriguing for draft location. Actually, that's one of the things that Shane did mention in, our, in the last time we had him on the show. He was actually down on Stingley before a lot of people were. Now he's actually falling on a lot of draft boards. You want, you want a cornerback to watch that'll probably be the top corner off the board. No one's really kind of talking about him. The Washington kid? Because I've heard that, too, and I like him. No. Ahmad Gardner. Okay. Sauce Gardner. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let me let, let me give you Sauce. a couple of stats about let me give you a couple of stats about Sauce Gardner that you probably don't know. Okay. The longest reception he gave up last year. And by the way, I get it. He played for Cincinnati, so you're gonna have a complaint with the competition or whatever. But just keep yeah. in mind that that. But just keep in mind. That league is a passing league. They throw on every goddamn down. Oh yeah, they have like right? they have some of the best FCS offensive leagues okay. in that like the Memphis and SMU and teams like that. Yeah. Okay. How much? What do you think the longest reception a wide receiver caught while guarded by Ahmad Gardner was last season? What was it? Seventeen yards. Thirteen yards. Okay. Right. Here's another fun stat about Ahmad Gardner. No one's ever caught a touchdown pass on him in college when he was guarding them. No one. Three years. No one. I saw a that one. He yeah. was on him. Mm-hmm. No one. Hmm. No one caught a touchdown. So why isn't he the talk, the talk of the town? Why is he not the best corner in this draft? 
Uh, he's probably amongst the others, but Stingley gets a lot of the press because if Stingley could have gotten drafted as a freshman, people would have taken him number one as a freshman. He, yeah. was, that, he was that good then. And since he's had a couple of injuries that have knocked him down and whatever, and, you know, other things have happened. There's other guys there. But Sauce Gardner is a guy to watch, man. Can you no. imagine playing three years of college football and no one's caught a touchdown pass when you guard them? Yes, and I and I and I heard also what Jamar Chase said about uh, Stingley. Jamar Chase said that Stingley was one of the hardest players to practice against. So uh, Jamar Chase is saying that you saw what Jamar Chase did uh, in his first year in the NFL. That says a lot for what he is, and and and, and I think Stingley's going to be a good player if he can stay healthy in this league. I I, I understand what Shane Hallam said last time, and, and we're going to ask Shane again where he st- sees Stingley getting drafted. I still st- think Stingley is on the top of this crop of on, as far as fine quarter, cornerbacks in this year's draft. But again, you might be right. Maybe Gardner is the guy. Uh, who was the top corner in last year's draft who got hurt early in the season for Carolina? J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn. Horn. My favorite one at the time. I, I, I mean, he, he barely played this year. He looked good for the first two games, and he tore his ACL. Look at, look at the one the Lions drafted in 2020, Okuda. He's barely played, too, in two years. But, the, but this draft is going to be similar to last year's draft. When J.C. Horn, it was the kid, was the kid from Virginia Tech. Uh, um, Caleb Farley, he played a little Caleb for Tennessee, Farley, and right, then it Caleb was Sertan. Was in there. And then Sertan. Right, and Sertan. Right, Sertan was also in there. And really, you're just kind of splitting hairs on who you prefer because you wouldn't have said anything if – you wouldn't have gone, oh, that's a reach if Carolina took Caleb Farley. You wouldn't have done it. You wouldn't have done it if they took Sertan because they were right. all kind of in that conversation. And that's kind of how I feel with this year's corners, with Stingley, with Sauce Gardner, with guys like that. You're not really going to care who they take because they, I feel like they're like the top four are all pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben says tickets for the Duke coach K final game now selling for $50,000 each. Wow. Uh, Favre didn't go until the second round. Brady went in the sixth round mm-hmm. and Nathan says, look out my, my friend, Lisa cousins, Lisa's EJ, cousin, yeah, EJ, EJ Barry. Perry, yeah. EJ Perry, who I saw was throwing at the combine. Yep. Brown university yeah. getting a lot of attention. Yeah, let me, listen, listen, you know, I grew up in that area. I've yeah. been to Brown Stadium. I've been to a bunch of games there, which, by the way, is a good time because at halftime, you can actually go into the parking lot and drink and then go back into the game. Like, it's a really fun time, right? Mm-hmm. That kid's not getting drafted. <laughs> I, 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 like, I want to give all respect to people's friends because I realize people care about these other people. They're human beings and what. That kid's nice. You know what I mean? Like, I love it. <laughs> like, he's not getting – He's a, dude, there's like 300 quarterbacks better than him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, That kid stinks. <laughs> he stinks. You know what I'm saying? So oh, – Not only that, it's also not a position to stash for a while, too, unless they extend the practice squad or something. Hey, hey, man, you don't understand. I don't want Sam Howell because he might not be everything – uh, that you know, he might not live up to the hype, but you know what I really want? Drop the kid from Brown. I saw him throw a <laughs> touchdown pass against Dartmouth. It might be pretty cool. So uh, I, I understand the NFL is trying to sell a product, and and this is great. Uh, uh, you know, obviously have a press conference and press coverage and all that other stuff. What stands out more than anything at the combine, Jeff? I know you're a big. I know you've been watching all day. I'm, I'm sure you've popped on the combine and watched these guys. Uh, you no, because I don't care. Like, no, I haven't watched it because I don't care. I've just seen some of like, you know, like I'll I'll click on some things when they put up some results and look at like the results and go, oh, that's interesting. Because like you like Speedy said, it's great for like a tiebreaker. It's not great to like. Listen, man, you don't want another Mike Mamula 
you don't want to draft a dude just because he put up 225 36 times. You know, that's not what you want to do. <laughs> right? I, I will say this. The kid that I think is going to go – the kid that I think should get taken number one, i got to be honest with you, and I realize you're going to have some sort of comment, but I saw him with his shirt off today. Oh, Neil. I'm not sure I would take that kid number one. Who? Evan Neal? Evan Neal. You wouldn't take I, him? Dude, now that I've seen him with his shirt off, dude, I, you know, I, he, first of all, how is he 336 pounds? He looks like Speedy. He looks thin as a, dude, but go on Twitter or something. Pull up a picture. I saw of the Evan picture. Neal, right? I saw the picture. Yeah. Right. He looks like Mr. Magoo. <laughs> Mr. McCoo. Dude, he was throwing. I saw him, uh, you know, he was practicing with uh, Thibodeau. He was throwing Thibodeau around. Dude, he was got, like, like, seriously? Like, dude, I think he should be the number one pick because I think that's. Dude, I'm just telling you. I watched the video. Thibodeau had him on. Go on his Twitter and go look. Dude, he, I, they me, were practicing against one another. Let me just tell you, I would feel a lot better about Evan Neal if he would just hang out with Zion Williamson for a week and go to Panda Express every day and put on a little weight. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all, I'm, all I'm saying is, because Speedy, you've seen the picture, and I think by the sound of it, you're agreeing with me that when you saw him, were you I was surprised, yes. With the measurements, he looks in good shape. He's yeah. in good shape. Uh-huh. Oh, what's wrong with no, being in good shape? Well, no, no, first of all, he is in good shape, but that's the problem. I want a fat fucking lineman. I don't. I don't want a <laughs> lineman on. that looks like. But you need an athletic lineman. Now, that yeah, can... that's what I'm. That's what I was just about to counter Dude, with. Because... Go on Thibodeau's uh, Twitter page. He is practicing. He had the, there was three plays that you saw. He was throwing Thibodeau around. He was. He, and Thibodeau's a good pass rusher. Has a good first step. He's power. only okay, and you know how I feel about. I know because of his injury. I know because of the injury. I understand, but. He's not okay. You know he's good. He's got a good first step. No, he step. is a very good. Yeah, he is a very good play. But I just, yo, I just want my lineman a little beefy. I understand. Dude, like, go and look at how skinny Evan Neal looked. Put it on Speedy. Go, go find the picture and post it up on our on our feed. I, I want to see this. I definitely want to see this. But I, I, I mean. He it, looks it, like he's teaching. First of all, he's also got the glasses on. He looks like he's teaching a chemistry class more <laughs> than he's like an offensive lineman. <laughs> I, to me, you're laughing, and I guarantee you, Speedy's going to go. Yeah, that's pretty true. No, well, I have to see it. I didn't see it, so Speedy can put it on the feed so we could all see it. But um, I, I will say this, and, and I, I understand when when you look at the combine and you're trying to find, you're trying to see what player would fit your organization, fit your team. And I, I know all these GMs and all these coaches are sitting there and they're watching these guys throw and run routes and stuff like that. You, how could you? How could you choose the best guy out there? Now, he can make the the best catches. He can make the most catches. He can make the best throws. But on the football field, under pressure, he might not be able to deliver the ball the way he delivers the ball. At right, the but that's why you got – but this is what I'm saying to you before is no one cares about combine or pro days. They do. Why do then why do they go there? Right, because they're all trying to find something wrong with these people. But you have to actually watch the games, too. That has to be a part of the equation. You have to – you know, like I'm sure they this do. is the knock on Sam Howell because Sam Howell it has a great arm. He's really athletic. Whatever. Everyone loves – you know what people don't love about Sam Howell? The way he played football this year. Mm-hmm. I, di- I didn't that watch Sam Howell. has to be a part of the equation. I didn't watch Sam Howell. I was, I was never crazy about him anyway when they were hyping up even in 2021, too. But as like the next year top quarterback prospects, because a lot of people were. Who was saying, talking about Malik Willis? I think it was dude, you. 
Um, no, it wasn't me. I, I was more of a Ritter guy, but I, I was impressed with what I saw with Malik Willis today. Um, by, the way, by the way, you want to, first of all, you know, uh, something making the rounds uh, also on the, on the bird today. What? Right. Just because you brought up Malik Willis. Mm-hmm. There was a, there was not staged, not whatever. There was just some random dude. I'm watching lunch. him. I'm watching it right and, now. And he's giving and, him stuff. And, and Malik Willis stopped, opened his suitcase on his way to pro day and gave a homeless guy all his clothes from the pro day for, for the, the homeless guy to have. I saw And it. if you want to talk about character, do some, you know, he's doing something when no one's watching. And to me, that's, that's the biggest thing about character is like, he wasn't there doing it for publicity or he didn't have a camera with him. This was some idiot eating a Reuben sandwich and some of beef's coleslaw in a, in a <laughs> cafe, you know, that saw it. I think it was uh, the kid uh, Borowski we had on from Sports Illustrated. I think he was the one that mentioned Willis as his favorite quarterback prospect. I, I was more of a Ritter guy at first, and he looked pretty good too. But Malik Willis, as his throwing drills looked looked really good, so that's promising yeah, for him again, for his speed. How he played, but again, go and watch how he played football. No, I know that. That's why I'm not like I'm not, not like active. overreacting type thing to where I still think he's very raw in a lot of areas. I, he's, let me let me let me just here here's a great way on how pro days go. Remember when Tua had his pro day? Yep, he was indoors and he was throwing footballs. Yep. And it was great. Mm-hmm. He did that with a broken hip. And still threw football. So that's how you know it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, we try throwing a football with Kayvon Thibodeau running at you. And then see how they throw a football. And that's why when I, when I look at a guy like Evan Neal, and I watch these, the, the thing that, uh, you know, Did Thibodeau. Did you put that picture up, Speedy? Put the I'm picture a, I'm up about because... to send the link. It wouldn't let me do the actual photo. <laughs> it was annoying. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm telling you, when you see this, this dude, he looks like Gerard with glasses. <laughs> that's not a that's not a dude I want playing left tackle. I'm looking at it right now. And he's I a, still think that the he's Jaguars a good dude. He's hole. he's a good shape, and he's got long wow. effing arms, man. Oh yeah, yeah. I just you know the skinniness is you know I don't know. I just like I like him more like Rashawn. I understand. I like him a little more like. You know, guys like that that are a little beefy. He's three, dude, he's was. still 340 pounds. I mean, I yeah, s- it's because he's 6'7. Okay. Uh, he's still 340 pounds. He has log arms. Uh, I, right. No, I, I st- I, I'm telling you, I still think that the Jaguars should take oh, the absolutely, number one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Should should but I'm all, here, all I'm saying is, why it is worried it worried me a little when I saw his picture? Why is everybody saying that Cross is, is slowly but surely moving up and he could be the number one pick? Why is it that this guy's Cross... the Jaguars and they draft weird? No, but I, a lot of people have put Cross as the number one guy now. What is, what is yeah. it? What is it about this kid? I, I mean, I didn't watch him play this year. I played for NC State yeah, or something. Not, yeah, Mississippi not, State. Mississippi happening. State. Yeah, it's not happening. But why? Why is why is everybody talking some so many good things about this guy? The, the, well, because he's a really good player. The he he is a really good player. How the guy I think is getting too much love that they've kind of hyped up to like be better than he is, even though he's still really good. But I see a lot of people with Ica McQuan. Yes, I've seen that too. Mm-hmm. I've seen him go number three, as, as high as number three in a lot of mock drafts. Yeah, which, I mean, that, yeah that's, that's a, a little, little much. Who, who put him that's at three? That's a little three? crazy to me. I don't, know, he, I don't remember specifically. Is he a, a first-round draft? Go and, look, go, and, go and look at Mel Kuyper's newest one. Mel has him number one. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> that's not surprising because I don't trust him either. A lot of the time, he has a lot of weird ones, but... I've seen him number three. I think uh, one of the NFL Network guys had him to the Jets number four. Like who is this? Um, uh, Aquonu, the Aquanu. NC State tackle. Yeah, yeah. 
Right, he's either a tackle or a guard. That's the thing. He, he was plays. listed as a guard that what I was reading originally. Then a lot of the NFL teams were scouting him more as a tackle after that. So if he's scouting him as a tackle <laughs> and he's played mostly guard, which I believe he did at NC State, maybe did, it's a little, yeah. It, yeah, it's, I, I, that sounds a little concerning to me if that's what they're trying to have him do. Now, if it's the Jets, the Jets could maneuver him in a lot of different places because they have two tackles, assuming Beckton can stay healthy. But honestly, if it's a team that honestly, needs him to be a tackle, that could be hard to trust. Honestly, he would be the perfect pick for the Jets uh, for this reason, right? And I, I, I real, I can hear the screams already from this idiot. But they have, they always have guys that get hurt. And Ika Mukwana was, he can play left guard, right guard. He can play left tackle, right tackle. Like he can play every position except for center, right? So it's like his versatility. If someone were to get hurt, you could just you could throw him anywhere and you'd be fine with him. He would be the perfect guy to be like, you know, if if one of the guards or something was underperforming, you could just move him over to that side and it really would not be an issue because he can play all of the positions. But that's a guy I would do at 10, not at 4. Yeah, I don't think the Jets are drafting him at 4. Uh, if, right, if... right. But that's, right, but that's what I'm saying. I, yeah, I've maybe 10. Three, I've seen him 2, I've seen him 1, I've seen him I, also... I, I think that's too much, but I think, you know, 10 to 15 I is also... right about he should be. I also heard that the Jets are very, very interested in London. Uh, the kid from uh, the USC wide receiver. Dude, I love Drake London. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard that the Jets are very interested in him, and, and Elijah Vera Tucker is, sp- is speaking very high praise in him, and that uh, that the Jets should go after him. But who knows? Maybe he has a voice to tell Joe Douglas to to trade down and go after London, which they might do. I think I still think the Jets at number ten will probably trade out of that pick. Why would they trade in the top ten when they got to have to spend? You know, the CBA rule they is trade, they should trade out of four. They'd get more for four, mm-hmm. and they should trade out of four to like 15 or something and pick 10th and 15th because just again 15 you're still going to get a guy that could end up being like a Michael Parsons who was taking whatever you said 11th 12th wherever he was taking hey 15 you get Zayvon Collins huh huh right like right no but I'm just saying that's the kind of guy that's going to be available at 15 and if I told you last year that you were getting Zayvon Collins you would have signed up for it right You're probably so, right. So trade out of four, you get more for it, and pick ten and fifteen, or ten and seventeen. It's going to be very, it's going to be very interesting because one of these top three players could fall out of the top three. I mean, you're talking about Evan Neal, you're talking about Thibodeau, you're talking about Hutchinson. I still think it's going to be one, two, three. One, I, I still think Hutchinson or uh, Neal is going one. And all right, who's, two. Uh, what, what, all right, but hold on. It also also depends on who's drafting there. What what what's one? One's the Jaguars. Jags, Lions, two. Texans. I think Neil Neil goes one. I think that uh, the Lions go after a pass rusher, Hutchinson or Thibodeau. They'll get they'll get Hutchinson at two. Yep, and I think at three Thibodeau goes. That's what I think is going to uh, happen. Who's, who is drafted third again? Houston. Houston. They're going to draft. They Thibodeau. need everything. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the problem. They need everything. So it's like yeah, and and Thibodeau, you know. and I have a feeling Thibodeau is going to be at. The, he's going to kill the combine. I mean, the guy is a beast of a man, and he's, I don't I don't know if he will though. I we'll see. How much, how much how Saturday? Much can he bench pre- how, how much can he bench? Pre- oh, I pack? think they said thirty or thirty-two times. Uh, to uh, 225 pounds. Uh, See, now this this is where I like the combine, okay? Because I think for a guy like Thibodeau, who has a pec injury, mm-hmm. the bench press will be a telling thing with him, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because if he could put up 30 reps of 100, uh, 225 pounds, I would believe his pec is fine, you know? And I, I think he will. Uh, he is a beast of a man. He's strong. He's fast. 
uh, I, I think he's going to be fantastic. And once he once he passes this combine and go, breezes through this combine, there's no question any of the top three picks are going to pass up on him. And if they do, they're idiots. Well, okay. it is the Jaguars, Lions, and Texans, so there yeah, everyone really else. There's other guys. There's you know because here's yes, the other thing. You got George Kalafis. We we all know about George. Right, but you're you're just right, but you're just looking past a few things though because it's also depend on need, right? Because you're not going to see. Uh, Jesus Christ, I don't know. You're not going to see. The, you're not going to see the Giants draft giant Kyle Jets. Hamilton, for right. example. Right. Yeah. You're not going to see the Jets try to take Evan Neal because they don't need a tackle. They ha- they just drafted two of them. They don't need tackles. So mm-hmm. I mean, you, right? And that's not you know that's not. A, I was just trying. I, to I could see Ky- I, I could see Tyler Lindbrum. Lindbrum. I, I think I could see the center uh, from uh, Lindbrum would be a good one. Yes, dude. Dude, that's a that's a thing that like. People are missing, right? Like when you go back to when the Cowboys were pretending to be good, right? <laughs> like Zeke's rookie year, right? Yes. Zeke, it was because they had a dominant offensive line. They had uh, Doug Free and um, uh, Frederick, and uh, they had a. I listen. It's not going to be a sexy pick, and a lot of Jets fans are throw a temper tantrum if they draft a center. I don't think they. Will. they I don't think they will. I think the Jets, anybody that knows football and has watched this kid play, and I've watched clips of this kid play, he is, for a guy at center that's over 300 pounds, he can run down the field. <laughs> He's fast. So he'd be fun to watch with the Jets, especially according, with that running game. According to the NFL Next Gen stats on their website on NFL.com, Lindenbaum, in terms of an overall production player, was tied for seventh among overall prospects. No, he's a, but that's what I'm saying. He's a great player, but like, He's, I don't think he's getting enough love because he plays center. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, like no one's, Positional value is still going to be factored in. Yeah. Like, like Errol brought up uh, the kid Cross from Mississippi State. Everyone's yep. talking about Evan Neal. And I don't know, maybe he's got a tape for him. The kid's skinny. Um, you know, but no one's talking about Linderbaum, but Linderbaum might be. He might, might be. He's falling the, on a lot of these draft boards. He's falling out of like the top 15. Which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. He's not yeah. even making the top fifteen on a lot of these boards. So I mean, there's a there's a lot of dudes, dude, and there's a lot of guys nobody is talking about ever at any any position. Just like quietly, a guy that's moving up, you know, on the draft boards. Like, dude, David Ajabo yep. is really impressive. I've people, seen him as high right? as eight now. Yeah, right. But but no one talks about him. Why? Because the guy who's playing opposite of him is Aiden Hutchinson, and he might go one, two, three, something like that. But the guy playing opposite of him might go five, six, or seven. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a lot. There's a lot of dudes no one's talking about. Man. Right. Uh, and, and there's going to be a lot of good players throughout this first. A lot of good players. Nathan says Calvin Austin is another good wide receiver. Ben says Santa Barbara High School oh, quarterback. Oh, why? Because he saw him run the 40 today. Shut up, Nathan. He's terrible. Ben says Santa Barbara High School quarterback Deacon Hill will surprise everyone and be the next big name in college football. Nathan also says Slade Bolden and the Patriots are a match made in heaven. <laughs> what, what are you, Mark Kelly now? <laughs> Actually, that, I've, I've heard the same things with Slade Bolden, but I don't think it's going to happen because I think the Patriots are trading Nikhil Harry for um, Andy Isabella. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Uh, Nathan says, friends with Mac Jones from the Alabama days. Uh, thoughts on Tyquan Thornton, who got the 4-2-1. Uh, we pretty much already said it. He's, he's going to be a day three pick at most. Uh, and then also thoughts on the guard from Texas A&M. They have my Dallas Cowboys getting him in mock drafts. Yeah, he'll probably be <laughs> what, mid- with that Marvin Leal. Kenyon, Kenyon Green, the A&M interior lineman. 
yeah, I've seen him from like mid first round to late first round. I think he's he's solid. I don't I don't know if he's special. Like he'll be he'll be a decent starter, but he's versatile where he could play both guard and center too. But he's better at guard, so that's why I don't know if he'll be valued as much as maybe the top half of the first round. He'll probably be maybe middle. So Dallas could end up getting him. Dallas does need some other things too. But again, with their offensive line getting old, it's not a bad pick. That kid's not even a first round draft pick. <laughs> really. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've seen him. I've round. seen him mid and late first round in a lot of them. So I don't yeah, know. I mean, it might happen. It could. Listen, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of dudes there. He's a pretty good player. I'm not sure he's a first round draft pick. The he's thing that concerns that he, me is his pass blocking because his run blocking I think is good. His pass blocking is iffy though. I mean, there's other there's other guys there that could knock him out. You know, uh, the kid from Tulsa, um, Tyler Smith. Yep. He could sneak up there. So if, you know, because there's a lot of guys like him that are like kind of in that category, it's the same thing. What I said about cornerback with last year with JC Horn, Sertan, those guys, green could go. It does not surprise me if that kid's middle of the second round, because someone took the kid from Tulsa or, or, you know, or Ikemaquan who falls or, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever. I'm not sure he's a first round draft pick. The other one that's been climbing, the other one that's been climbing too, that I've seen a lot is the Boston college kid Zion Johnson too. I've seen a lot in the first round. Yeah. I I watched a lot of their games. I would, dude, couldn't get me to take a kid from Boston college. (laughs) (laughs) I watched a lot of their games. Uh, You know, their quarterback got hurt because he took too many hits and broke his arm. Right. That was the quarterback you liked a lot too. If I remember correctly. (laughs) Yeah, the kid's a really, really good player, um, Phil Dracovic. Yeah, right? yeah, I, I, I know you've mentioned that name before. You really, you really that watch. offensive line made him run for his life. Correct? That's true. Yes, yes. And we're talking about taking a kid from that team. <laughs> That's what we're doing now. We're... Not my mock drafts. This is what I'm saying. And, and here's another thing: we, we've had a lot of these mock draft gurus on this show, and a lot of people say this draft doesn't really stand out like last year's draft. I beg to differ. I think there's more talent in this year's draft and more depth. Here's the other thing to it, right? I think there might be more depth to this, but here's what happened last year and why everyone missed guys like Zayvon Collins. Because <laughs> you're talking about the quarterbacks last year. No one gives two rats asses about any of the quarterbacks this year. Kenny Pickett can suck it with his eight and a half inch hands. Uh, Malik Willis, uh, he better hold on to those clothes because he might be homeless next week. Uh, you know, like these guys. Oh, the kid from Brown, he's going to take all of their jobs. Oh, if it's ready to take like, him in the first round. Oh, the first rounder. Kid ah, Brown. Cowboys quarterback of the future. That's right. We saw him play Cornell and it was terrific. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, you know. The, the, that's the difference I think this year is I think people are seeing um, without the quarterbacks in the draft, without, without a Kyla Murray, without a Baker Mayfield, without a Josh Allen, without a Sam Darnold. While yes, he stinks in the NFL, but the hype was real when he was coming out of college. Right. right? Yep. Right. So without, and that's kind of how you have to look at it is like, look at the hype around him. No one's talking about any of these guys like they did Sam Darnold, Kyla Murray, uh, who was in last year's draft? God damn it. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Zach no Wilson. talking about any of these Yeah, guys Burrow like and Herbert in their draft. Yeah. So everyone is seeing the other players, and that's why you're going, oh, it's a it's a deeper draft. Mm. Because you just weren't looking at those. Those other players, 
do I gotta remind you about Zayvon Collins? He was there last year, and he was great. Oh, we'll never but forget no, about Zayvon Collins. I mean, every time right, we but, hear that name, I, it reminds right. me of you. I, I, I'm right, not but, even gonna call. I'm not even gonna call it Zayvon Collins anymore. I'm just gonna call it Jeff Steinberg. Jeff's cousin. Okay, Jeff's, yeah, cousin. Jeff's cousin. Jeff's cousin. That's right. Jeff's, Jeff's cousin. cousin. Right. Yes. Right. So, right. But this is what I'm saying: is guys missed great players like that because they were all focused on the quarterbacks, and now that. The shine isn't there for a Justin Fields, a Mac Jones, a, the quarterback debate raging on this year. Everyone's looking at other dudes. I'll give you another dude because I love linebackers. You want another linebacker that's going to kill it this year? Devin Lloyd. I like you him a lot too. Devin yep. Uh huh. That kid right? is nice. Yeah, super good. But how many people are talking about him? Nobody. <laughs> nope. I've they only seen be. him as high as the as like the late first round, which I think is crazy. Uh oh, they're giving him credit now because somebody has a video of him. Feeding this bum now he now now they have him interviewing <laughs> Malik Willis. There he is. <laughs> right. Well, everyone's going to be talking about it because you know, listen. I mean, what a wonderful thing for that kid to do. Let's be Absolutely. honest. Absolutely, really nice thing. He's a good shape too, man. He's got big arms, man. You could tell he's but a good also, shape. He should hold on to those clothes because he might be homeless next week because he stinks. <laughs> I thought you said you liked him. He's all right, like as a prospect, but he's not. Listen, he's not Trevor Lawrence. He's not coming in and having that job day one. And don't judge this on what he's become, right? Judge it on what he was as he was drafted. But he's more of Jordan Love, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Where, where like, when Jordan Love was coming in the league, you went, oh, big arm, throw some touchdowns, can run a little bit. Like, I like this. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. I, I could see him as, like, a backup for, like, a, a scheme that has, like, a lot of the RPOs. Like I was the wrong about Jordan Love. Or something like that. I was wrong about Jordan Love. I thought Jordan Love was going to be good. He's, he's a bust. Right but, right, bust. But don't, right, but don't, like, when we're making these comparisons, okay, you got to compare them at, like, like, what I'm telling you is, like, when they were coming out of college, right? Because teams can ruin these people. I don't think it's done Jordan Love any service that Aaron Rodgers threw a hissy fit when he got drafted. That's not exactly welcoming. So I'm not sure there was a lot of nurture there given to trying to, you know, help him grow. You believe the story that's coming out of Green Bay that Aaron Rodgers right now is negotiating a short-term deal with Green Bay? I totally believe it. Aaron Rodgers is selfish as they come. Hmm. And it's all about him. No, he's, he's giving interviews now about what he possibly might do. Dude, shut the fuck up and get back to me when your mind is made up. <laughs> Either quit or don't or get married or divorced or I don't care. Tell me when you've made up your mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's right. He'll buy the Packers before playing for them. <laughs> right. Either tell me you want to leave town or, or, to, or tell me you want to stay or whatever. Don't go. Well, I could retire. Maybe he wants to be a Buddhist. Well, let's let's be honest. There isn't a bigger cry for attention than putting out a post about loving your teammates and oh, be better, and then not announcing either coming back or retiring. What was the point of that post then? (laughs) Ben says he he nailed with that. Ben, you'll have to elaborate a little further on that. Jeff's right. He sent out a post that was very vague. Like it didn't, right, it didn't but accomplish it was all about anything. his teammates like he was leaving. Okay, so you're leaving. Are you going to another team or are you retiring? Well, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> well, then shut the fuck up. <laughs> I doubt Aaron Rodgers is the last one concerned with like illegal tampering at this point in his career. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like the, these vague posts are just like give me attention. 
Like, and he doesn't know where he wants the attention. Do you want to be considered smart and be on Jeopardy? Or do you want to be an asshole and be on TMZ because you broke up with your girlfriend again? Yeah, and I think, listen, Aaron Rodgers knows how to, to mark the attention. I mean, he is the best player in the NFL. He's the center. He's in center stage. He plays for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, he was the, he obviously had the best record in football. And, and again, it's the offseason right now, and he is the big name that everybody keeps uh, waving around like he's the shiny new coin for right, everybody to right, go and, after. Right, and it's not just Aaron Rodgers being an But athlete. he's not even a free agent. Right, but but right, but here's the other part of it, and this goes back to the players versus owners, uh, team team first kind of thing that we were having before. Because it's not just Aaron Rodgers being an asshole; it's Brian Gutenkunst. What a knob that guy is! <laughs> Going out in the media and go, "Well, I haven't received any trade offers yet." Well, how about you do your job and pick up the goddamn phone then? Isn't that what your job is? <laughs> not to stand in front of a microphone and go, "Why aren't you people calling me?" <laughs> Now they're offering him fifty million a year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's what your job is. We didn't hire you to solicit offers through the media. Your job, I'm assuming, you have an office because you're, and the office has a phone in it, <laughs> right? Where you might, if you're looking for offers, I don't know, call someone and ask. <laughs> Ben says trade Rodgers and get something out of it. Well, I guess we found out Ben's stance. He's done. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Wait, but, uh, just trade him away. The best player in right, all of right, football. But, but ben, is where, ben is where Patriots fans were, so I can relate with this. Because let's, let's be honest about this fact, okay? Just let's have an honest conversation about Aaron Rodgers. And let's leave out that he's great. Because he is great, but let's, like, leave it out, okay? Wait, okay. So here's the problem with Aaron Rodgers. Is he quitting or is he not? Does he want to play football? Or does he want to be on Jeopardy? And for me, and he's also 38 or whatever he is, right? Yeah. So let's be realistic. He's not playing forever, and he's already talking about retiring. So Ben's probably onto something. Trade him and get something for him, and let's see if we can move on, right? Because it's the same position the Patriots were in with Tom Brady. He was 43. How, how much more did he have? Turned out not a whole lot more, right? Yes, so, you're right. But Aaron Rodgers isn't retiring, okay? Anybody but that thinks that is retiring. You don't know that he's such a hippie loser that he might just go, oh, Jeopardy is for me. <laughs> he's going to get Jeopardy even when, you know, two, three years down the road if he wants it. Right. They'll right, give but it I'm, right, but I'm just saying he doesn't – I don't I got even you. think he really knows what he wants to do with the rest of his life, and he's just, like, holding everybody else up. Mm. Because the rest of the league is going to fall in line once that decision is made. Because isn't that what everyone's waiting for? We either want to see draft picks go somewhere or Aaron Rodgers stay so people can make moves. Mm-hmm. Right. And also determine right. the market values of these other quarterbacks, too, that are on the block. That Well, that, I, I don't think he's going to be a good barometer of what the market is worth. I, not necessarily, but I, I'm sure that, if right, I'm sure some teams are going to think that, though. I, you're right. I don't think every team's going to think that in terms of like the swing for the fence move. But the Aaron Rodgers... Uh, alleged trade destinations are definitely teams that could swing for the fences on that kind of thing. So yeah, it's not going to yeah, be like everything. the Broncos. Yeah. But, but if you're Ben, think about it. If you're Ben, right? What a, what a poor bastard Ben must feel like, right? Cause he's a Packers fan and he's watching his asshole GM sit there and go, why aren't people calling me? <laughs> right? Like an idiot. That's not exactly like awe inspiring confidence there. Right. That, that he knows what he's doing. Right. And in the meantime, the best player in the league is sitting there going, oh, I wonder what kind of beard oil I'll order off of Amazon today. <laughs> the beard oil. Right? Like, like, if you're Ben, how do you not kill yourself? 
<laughs> right? Maybe, like maybe, maybe the beard oil's from James Harden. Right, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, he's just such a hippie loser now, and he's like, I don't know. Well, I'm putting out a statement because I broke up with my girlfriend, and then five hours later, I'm going to put up a post on how much I love my teammates and I love her. <laughs> Get out of here, you idiot. Let me know when you make up your mind. Right? And then his GM is an idiot. Wow. Right? The GM's just the dumbest human being on the planet. Maybe that's why he doesn't like him. <laughs> we knew that already. <laughs> you didn't even give him another reason not to like him. <laughs> right, but, right, but you know what this is? This is like Beav watching a conversation between Tyler and Beav. It's two idiots that both think they're right trying to make a decision when they're both morons. That's Aaron Rodgers and Gutenkunst. You actually want to scratch out your own eyeballs watching those two morons talk to each other. Oh, man, that is pretty funny, actually. Beavs, Beavs. Oh, I, I think Dak Prescott will win su- three Super Bowls in a row. We think you're crazy. Oh, I was just joking, but I still think you win three Super Bowls. Yeah, we yeah, still yeah, think yeah, you're yeah. crazy. Yeah, right, exa- <laughs> right, exactly. It's that kind of stupidity with Gutenkunst and Rogers, right? And somehow Rogers thinks he's some awesome dude because uh, an old line uh, linebacker with CTE that he was teammates with happens to be a co-host on a YouTube show. So he goes on there for an hour every Tuesday. Nope. Well, it, it is it's one. It's not a. It's a serious radio show, and it's one of the top serious radio. Well, it shows. started on YouTube, yes. and that's what it was, and whatever. But yeah, the Pat McAfee show. Yes. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. They only have him on there because Aaron Rodgers is barely smarter than AJ Hawk, who probably has CTE. <laughs> Ben says they need to sit their star player down and figure out where he's at mentally going forward, and they failed to do it with Favre, too. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, listen, you, you can't go and sit down with Aaron Rodgers and ask him, hey, where do you see yourself in three years? Because he doesn't even know. I mean, you, right, you could this, go right, to year to year. I'll pay you $50 right, million. This is what's funny about that whole kind of thing, right? Because they're all friends, and they're all trying to protect each other. They're out there lobbing marshmallows at each other, hoping Aaron Rodgers is going to hit a home run, right? With these softball questions that he's throwing up. Oh, well, where do you see yourself? And dude, just ask him, are you quitting or not, dude? <laughs> and if, and if you're not quitting, stop being a jack wagon. A jack wagon. Ben says, damn, Ben, Rodgers probably has CTE. He probably does. I mean, a lot of it. We, we, you heard what uh, Green has said on our show. Yep. He says mm-hmm. he says uh, he believes that uh, 58% of the league will have CTE one way or another in their life. So, and that's what he said. So, and he, he, has, he has a number one, was it, first <laughs> level. Uh, yeah, grade CTE. one. He grade said grade one. one out of, I think, Which five, is not fair. Yeah. Out of four, four, I think it four, is. Four, okay. So and he says he believes that 58% of the NFL players in the next 20 years are going to have some kind of sense of CTE. There's no lie to it, but you, you want to know something? The NFL has been trying to hide that for years, too. So uh, yeah. you, you look at you know Aaron Rodgers' situation. I don't think Aaron Rodgers knows what's going on in his head. No, All he no. knows is that he wants to be the highest-paid quarterback in the league, as well as he should be, because he is the best quarterback in the league. So if you have won two back-to-back MVPs and you are considered the best quarterback in the league, I'd expect him to get paid $50 million. All right, all right. So, all right, so I, I – all right, you're gonna again. You're go gonna ahead. get mad. No, okay, you're, gonna, you're gonna get mad. You're gonna go with the Tom Brady thing. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Tom Brady's not in the league anymore. So when you say he's the best quarterback in the league, I'm not. I'm not going down that road. Tom Brady's not in the league. Okay. Go ahead. So let's end that whole thing. Okay. But and I, and I think Aaron Rodgers is talented. But listen, just an honest question: 
How can you consider him the best quarterback in the league when every year he chokes horribly in the playoffs? Horribly, by the way. Because the last time he's won a Super Bowl, I think is 13 2010, 2010-2011 season when they beat so the Steelers. 12, so, 12, so 12 years ago, and after this year, it'll be 13. So he, he, it's not like he's got a ton of success in the playoffs and whatever. And so why are we all still like, oh, I, I really love this guy who never gets it done, even though he's the most talented dude. So what is it with him? Is he lazy? Is he not trying hard? Is how about, he, how about is it the talent of his team? I mean, the talent of the offensive players he plays with. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know any quarterback that's had any success. And by the way, a lot of them have all had bums on their team. And Brady at the top of the list with a bunch of bums around him at wide receiver, right? Other guys have gotten it done. There has to be a point where we have to stop saying, does Aaron, is Aaron Rodgers LeBron James? He has to have a super team around him to win? Then, that, then he's not very good. Mm. He's Jimmy Garoppolo. No, stop. He's not Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, no, no, no. I just, I, no I, listen, he has much better stats, and he's certainly more talented. But let's be honest, Jimmy Garoppolo stuffed him in a body bag in the playoffs, didn't he? Well, he didn't stuff him in a body bag. It was his uh, special teams that stuffed him in the body bag. Listen, they, and the Niners you, pass rush, yeah. Listen, for, for, for a Jimmy Garoppolo had 100 and, and what, 128 yards? 131 yards, and most of his passes went like five hold yards. Hold on, hold on. For, for a guy that is playing in a place that is supposedly – the biggest home field advantage of any team in the league, which everyone has unanimously said, and I'm not arguing, Lambeau's a great place to play. It's tough. They got great fans. The weather's cold. But for a guy that has had the toughest home field to, to win at, right, he sure loses a lot of games. Yeah, there. they have a lot of home losses recently uh, when it comes to, like, the post-Super Bowl. They lost one against the Giants the next year where the Giants they were barely in the playoffs. two years in a row now. Tom Brady went in there and bought it back from last year, and Jimmy Garoppolo did it this year. Yeah, the 49ers did it in the past, too, uh, in 2013 when they— Hold on. Tom Brady didn't body bag him. Aaron Rodgers Rodgers played the better game. Aaron Rodgers had the better game. Absolutely not. Yes, he did. Brady throwing the bomb at halftime right before halftime. Come on. Do we have to go, Speedy, go bring up the numbers. Bring up the numbers in that game. Again, numbers don't tell you the whole story, and you don't like numbers. All right, 280 (laughs) yards on 20 of 36 passing, three touchdowns, three interceptions for Tom Brady. Okay, three interceptions, Aaron Rodgers, 33 of 48, 346 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. I'm I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers had the better game, okay? Let's be honest, it wasn't Aaron Rodgers' fault. It was coaching. Their coach is a moron, okay? As well as he was a moron in this game. Oh, oh God, he was god-awful in that game. Horrible against San Francisco. You're not taking, how you're not taking advantage of the best home field advantage in the league? But Jeff, I understand what everything that you say, and I would agree on a lot of things that you say. But you're wrong. Dude, a, te- a team from California just lost in a blizzard in just beat Green Bay in a blizzard in Lambeau. Okay, that's because of their special teams. He could kick a field goal. He could kick a one point conversion. Well, first of all, that's, he, it's not. First of all, block, that's not just a block punt. That's not. First of all, that's not just because of special teams. Because Aaron Rodgers had the football a fair amount and couldn't move the football. Um, so you could go, oh well, oh well, um, they, they scored a special team touchdown, which is true. Jeff. But you're pretending like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, was just putting up points. Lazard right. was, was open. Lazard was open in the, the. It was right between his fingertips. He dropped the ball. He t- he grabbed his head when he dropped the ball in that game. There were so many times that they could have caught the ball in the end zone and they didn't. And there was That's his fault. Times where Aaron Rodgers looked. That's his fault. No? Come on, man. That's because Lazard sucks. That's why. All right. Let's be honest. 
That's all I'm going right, to say. Right. Your whole right. So this is, but this is what's interesting about this. <laughs> you're you're blaming everyone else around you. <laughs> he has him. a hand in it. Listen, yes, he has a hand. Yes, in it. absolutely right, does. But, right, but you're but you're going special teams and Alan. Lazar. They were no, all horrible, Aaron, Jeff. Aaron Rodgers has been handed the biggest home field advantage in the league and the worst and freaking offensive loses, team he's ever seen. And he loses every time he's at home. Oh. He loses. Jeff, every time. D- Jeff, here, here's how you, here's how you stop the Green Bay Packers. You ready to hear this? Devontae Adams, double team him, game over. That's it. I mean, all right, the but, other players well, don't make plays. A, but that's another thing. How many teams have a Devontae Adams, and other people still win? Oh come on, other teams have other weapons. I mean, come on, Jeff. Right, oh, it's a Kansas no City no weapon no after no. weapon after weapon. No, oh, not, I mean, not really. Kelsey and Hill, and beyond that, who? Uh, Hartman, me, me Hartman's. Cole, Hardman's not oh, that dude. bad, man. Oh, dude. He's not dude, that dude. bad. Miko, first of all, Alan Lazard, I guarantee you, has triple the numbers of what Miko Hardman had this year. Right, let's go look. go look at that. Go look Miko at that. Hardman was not very good this year. I just want to who's a better player. I want to. I want to see this. Miko Hardman, you look at uh, Lazard. Speed. Oh, I've heard Hardman, Hardman already up already. All right, what's Hardman? Uh, Hardman, fifty-nine catches, six hundred ninety-three yards, average eleven point uh, eleven point seven yards per reception. Two touchdowns. He's not going to score a lot of so touchdowns. Seven, because... So 60 and, se- 60 and 700. Those are the numbers. Okay. What 59, is... 59 is 60. Who cares? All right. And who? how about um, Lazard? You have him? Lazard also on, missed time, Let's go. He had, Could you Lazard time so fast? A, hold on. But Lazard also missed a bunch of games with injury, too. Just um, keep that in mind. Lazard had 40 catches, 513 yards, and eight touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So they're the same guy. They're the same guy, basically. Uh, they're the same guy. Lazard stinks, dude. Come on. Oh, then, then, then you can't say Miko Hardman's a weapon. Okay, fine. You want to take a fine? Fine, fine. All right, fine. We're not going to take. We're not going to say he's a a weapon. Okay. Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Game over. Okay. Game over. So Devontae Adams is probably better than Tyree Kill. Okay, Probably but Kelsey's a lot better than the next Packers weapon in Aaron Jones. By far, probably. by far. I know you hate Aaron Jones, but still, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty big, big that's a pretty big difference. <clears throat> by right, far, and, exactly. but not for nothing. And when you're going to weapons, this would be another thing, by the way, because the Chiefs have fuck all at running back, and Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are much better weapons. Especially, by the way, you don't like Aaron Jones. But he was the big weapon against San Francisco. Oh, it was a great no. He was a great game catch. plan for that. He I, I, had a one eight. Right, yeah. Aaron, hey, nine catches, one twenty nine. Yeah, and that had and that had a lot Jones to do with coaching because in the second half he decided not to throw it to him anymore. That's because of coaching. Stupid coach. Well, coaches don't decide who you throw the football to. That's number one. He's calling the plays, is he not? Right, but they don't. They don't decide who you throw the football to. Oh come on, Jeff. Who decides who he throws the football to? Jeff, come on! Aaron Rodgers. Throw this guy the under thing, the bus. The only thing, the only thing the coach decides is: it's are we going to hand it? Are we going to hand it off to somebody, and then they get to choose who they're going to hand it off? Field to, goal kicker misses. Aaron Rodgers' fault. Punt kick. No, block, no, no, I'm not. Rodgers' fault. No, no, I'm not saying that. But you're trying to absolve him of any responsibility because you're no. special teams. Alan Lazard. No. It's everybody else. I'm no, not saying Aaron Rodgers. Listen, I'm going to say this. Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. He's going to get some of the blame because he's the quarterback. But you haven't mentioned his name once in the blame. Because honestly, because when I look at the game, special teams and Alan Lazard. <laughs> oh you don't want to give him. You don't want to give him any of the blame because you know what his ball bag tastes like. <laughs> the ball bag. 
Thank you for putting that image in my head. Hey, Speedy. Wait, but that's what no, like no, 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 like, we're not going there. Like ball bags? No, we're not going there. He never mentions that because he doesn't want to mention the fact that Aaron Rodgers has been handed the biggest home field advantage and can't win at home in the last 12 years. Can't do it. Ben says, take a pay cut so they can free up cap then, and if it's other problems that, that, that are the problem, sign some players to help. Uh, Jeff is 100%. But, he, but, he's, but, he's, but he's selfish, though. What Ben's missing is he's selfish. Go back to Greg Jennings' comments from, from last week where, where Aaron Rodgers used to go to players, Greg Jennings being one of them, and say, hey, man, take less money. Stay here. Take less. Name one time Aaron Rodgers has taken less money. Uh, ben, by the way, best happened. of luck on your surgery uh, tomorrow. Uh, Good luck, Ben. Hope you get them kidney stones out. Snug says those SoCal blizzards are out of control. Coaches, coaches call plays. Players make plays. Aaron Rodgers should have been out there blocking on the punt. <laughs> Carl says Aaron Rodgers and Rex Gross should have been in the same amount of Super Bowls. <laughs> of course, of course. Carl oh, hates Aaron right, Rodgers. Right, but that's the truth, of course. Right, but that's also the truth, right? And so when you're talking about the best, and he is, he's super talented. I'm not taking away the fact that he has a bunch of great numbers and he's super talented. But he also kind of doesn't win. Mm. He doesn't, and, and, but you and, can't and blame dude, that listen, on one player. That's, that's, well, that's, first of all, that's something team. you gotta face, though. That's something you gotta face. Maybe you're right, but that's also a team thing, not a player thing. You know, uh, one player yeah, doesn't win. Right, Super but this Bowls. is a quarterback, right? But, no, but it's also kind of not true. It's a quarterback-driven league, and when you have a quarterback like that, you're expected. First of all, you can't go. Oh, it's everybody else. They ended as the number one seed. They had the best record. They kept beating everybody. They beat more teams than any other team did last year. So when they lose at home, yeah, he needs the blame because those other players were also playing the rest of the season and it helped them be the best team in the conference. So you blaming the rest of the team is horseshit. <laughs> it's not just Aaron Rodgers. You can't stick in and say it's Aaron Rodgers. The, the whole team was the best team in the NFC last year. The whole team. So when you're like, oh, this guy stinks and that guy stinks. They, they were the best team. They were they the were best the team. Best and had a lot to do right. with Aaron Rodgers' right. craziness in the middle of oh. the games. But he, was still when... throwing out, but he was still throwing to Alan Lazard and he didn't suck when they were the best team getting the number it one. It was team. also not fucking below zero and it was snowing, uh, you know, profusely oh, in the no. second half. Now the Green Bay Packers can only play in subtropical conditions. Oh, Get the fuck out of here. Come on, man. I mean, come on. It, 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 we've seen this many, many times. It's not easy to play in below zero. It's what? That thir- is the, 13, that, 14 mile per that, hour fan. That is their home field. Okay. And they should be used to it. And they practice in it. They're not a team from NorCal that is like, oh, dude, practice is interrupting my surfing sessions, bro. <laughs> no. Those idiots took dog sleds to practice. <laughs> and listen. <laughs> Uh, Snug says, I don't know, Alan Lazar had eight touchdowns last year. Yeah, he did, in the red zone. And that's because he was hand-feeding it to him. He was wide but, but open. It's not just, right, but it's also not just Lazar. You're forgetting Aaron Rodgers got his little binky and got his way, and he got Randall Cobb, didn't he? His little pinky. Ben says Rogers could take a minor pay cut and they could find him with that extra cap space. He's not taking a pay cut. This idea of taking a pay cut is lunacy. Name one time Aaron Rodgers has taken a pay cut. He's not taking a pay cut. And And don't give me the contract last year because you know what that contract was about? Honestly, it front loaded a bunch of money, so he got more money now. That greedy piece of shit. Yeah, that was the that was the last <laughs> sentence of Ben's uh, comments. Rogers is selfish and not a team player, so I guess right. he's not expecting him to do that. 
Right. <laughs> and, and by the way, everyone's pointing that out about Kyla Murray and going, oh, he's selfish, and that's why they even didn't. When can we say, and, by, and Ben's right, Ben's the Packer fan, not you, Errol. I realize you know what his ball bag tastes like, but Ben's the Packer <laughs> fan, and even he's calling him selfish. Why can't we have the Kyla Murray narrative about Aaron Rodgers and say, guess what? He doesn't win because he's a selfish pig. <laughs> First of all, I don't know what his ball bag tastes like. One, two. And, and, and listen, you you want to put another point here, by the way? Here's another good point for you. Go ahead. Aaron Rodgers doesn't take, take pay cuts, and that's why he loses every year. Maybe that's why he doesn't get other players. You know who did take pay cuts? For uh, years Tom Brady. All, we all know. You know and, and, Go ahead. Spit it out. And, you guys, and everybody screamed about it. Oh, my God. They're cheating. He took less. They're cheating. <laughs> well, you fucking pussy. <laughs> Well, it's easy for a guy that has a, a hot model freaking wife that makes $40 million oh, a year. I know. He was doing it before that, too, though. Yeah, right, she right, was right, making $40 no, million no, no, that, no, that hold too. Hold on. Hold on. No, that's another piece of shit answer from a uh, piece of shit host, which oh, you are. Because guess what? Thank you. Shalane Woodley, actress, making a shit ton of money. Danica Patrick, female race car driver, getting paid a shit ton of money. They weren't married. They weren't married. Dude, he was dating all of them, and he couldn't. So what? They're not Dude, he married. He was dating Her Olivia money Munch. is his money, he was dating bud. Olivia Munch, super high paid. Come actress. on, Jeff. So don't sit there and pretend Jeff. Aaron Rodgers picks up every Jeff, I'm not saying anything, but moron. first of all, Danica Patrick's money has nothing to do with his because they're not married. Then, Any person then, then stop bringing up Giselle when it comes to Tom Brady. That's his wife, you idiots. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't what matter. his oh, is hers and what hers is his. Let's go back to how this conversation Come on, Jeff. Oh, players don't naturally to be for the team because that's what I like. And then Tom Brady Why would Tom Brady give a crap about $30 million when his wife makes 40? So he'll take 15. Right, but Aaron Rodgers, it's not like Aaron Rodgers is dating homeless chicks. <laughs> he's dating actresses and race car drivers. But he's not married to them. And that's right. the... What? Because, because he's smart, because he's a lunatic who would end up getting divorced and losing half of his stuff. That dude needs a prenup more than anybody. <laughs> Before we go to break, uh, Ben says... Uh, let's not forget, he's still a selfish pig. He's still a selfish pig. He's never taken a pay cut. Never done it. Before we go to break, uh, Snuggs says, Randall Cobb got robbed. He should have been all pro. Ben says, he should, though, is my point. Otherwise, he, Rodgers, needs to stop complaining. Snuggs says, Tom it's freaking Brady, too, all ben, hail the Brady goat. It's my point, too, Ben. I'm with you. He should stop being so selfish. And he should, Listen... He wants better weapons. How about he doesn't get forty-three million dollars a year? How about that? How about how about he how about he takes a bit of a haircut and does what Brady did and only takes thirty so they can get Godwin and you know Evans and all these other guys? But Aaron Rodgers doesn't do that. Why? Because he's a selfish pig. Suck like says Aaron Rodgers a Taylor Swift are meant to be, and Ben says, "Yep, Rodgers should take a pay cut to get free agent signed. He won't though, so Rodgers needs to stop complaining." That's exactly it, Roger. Like, like. The things that you originally complained about, about athletes doing them, oh, why do they need to, why can't you apply your own, by the way, your own points that you're making? You also don't want to apply to Aaron Rodgers because you love him. I don't love him. I don't know where you oh, come you up do. with. No, I do oh, not. You do. It does not. Speedy, get... Speedy you're the tiebreaker. I don't. Does, does Errol love Aaron Rodgers? I don't. Does he love him analytically speaking? Yes. Uh, love him as an actual player? I don't know. No, <laughs> I don't love him. I don't right. love him. But he's always barking about how he's the best player for years he is. and years. Even when Tom Brady he won is. the league. No, he wasn't. Tom he Brady is. wins. Tom Brady wins. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Who wins the MVPs? 
Yeah, 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 there he goes. Aaron. Who wins the Super Bowls, which matters? Yeah, that's a team game. It's a 50, 56 players have oh, to win that no, game. No, 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 oh, no, stop. no, no, no. Stop, Jeff. It is, a, it, stop. Is a, it is a team game, but the best players always win more Super Bowls, and Tom Brady has won them all. That's not true. That's not true, he, Jeff. Yes, it is true. He has won true. the most. Uh, he has won the most, but the best players don't always win the most. It's not true. The greatest players do. Oh, really? Great players. Really? Fuck Dan Marino. <laughs> well, Jeff, uh, we'll let you go. Uh, you definitely call back. Uh, we, we have one of your favorite guys, Shane Hallam, joining us. I know you love him. I know you love his takes on what's going on right now in the draft. So We'll, we'll see how much I love it because mm-hmm. you always have these draft guys on, and they always disappoint. I'm hoping Shane brings a little some, like information that we like. <laughs> I got faith in him. I got faith in him. He's a terrific writer. I got real faith in Shane. But, you know, if they give me one, one more of these Zayvon Collins is a late second rounder pieces of shit, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> I'm actually going to lose my mind. Well, we have Shane joining us in just one moment. Jeff, thank right. you for call. We'll talk to you in a little while. Devin, Devin Lloyd to the Patriots. Book it. I Shane about it. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff. I love him. How could you not love him? I, they, they, he's crazy, but I love him. Anyways, when we come back, we'll be talking to Draft Countdown Managing partner and analyst Shane Hallam here on the Sports Loudmouths. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, we are the Sports Loudmouths. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. 631-672-3108 is the number. Go check out our app or download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all the stories that we have. Great, great stories. Great lineup of shows throughout the week. Jeff from Tampa, ladies and gentlemen. Wonderful. Definitely uh, a match made in heaven with that whole segment of Aaron Rodgers and throwing him under the bus. So why not bring in... A guy that knows a lot about drafts, knows a lot about combines. We are now talking to Draft Countdown Managing Partner and Analyst, Shane Hallam. What's going on, Shane? Good. I'll, I'll make sure I don't say that Zayvon Collins is a second rounder now, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, good. Well, well, Jeff, you know, he, he's been taking shots at all the diff, different Jeff, uh, draft analysts we had on last year. Some of the top best ones from the NFL Network. All of them. And they all said Zayvon Collins was a second-round, third-round talent. He was the middle of the first round. And by the way, his Patriots passed up on him one spot and drafted Mac Jones. I think they were... Jeff didn't really like. No, (laughs) Mac Jones turned out to be a pretty decent quarterback. And (laughs) Zayvon Collins goes to Arizona, who had a pretty good year if he could stay healthy or stay off uh, getting in trouble off the field. So, uh, you know, Zayvon Collins could be a troublemaker, so that's why maybe Jeff loves him. But how are you, Shane? We haven't had you on for, uh, I would say, about six, seven months. How you been? How's everything going? How's your monitoring monitoring of uh, the uh, draft going for this year? It's going well. Uh, we're, we're doing some good things over Draft Countdown. And honestly, I just I just got done with a six-hour live stream during the Combine. And we're going to be 
live stream in the next three days as well. So five, six hours a day. Um, uh, but you know, it, it's been good to kind of go back to the film, watch a lot of these combine guys and now see them all in the same environment. Um, uh, varying opinions on how much the combine matters and impacts things, but it, it, uh, it, it was a good day watching the drills and seeing, uh, these guys perform. It's just been one, one small piece of the process here as we move forward. As everybody knows, we are talking to draft countdown, managing partner and analyst Shane Hallam, Shane, You've watched throughout the day. You watch these guys. They're jumping. They're running. They're benching. What stands out at these combines? I mean, these guys are wearing practically underwear. Okay, and how could you honestly uh, perceive a person to be a great player by just watching them run a route or uh, watching them catch a ball or watching them, you know, you know, I guess bench press? What what stands out when you watch these combines? I think if you are determining if, if this player is a good player by the combine, then you're doing it wrong, right? Like that's, that's not what we're here to do. Uh, the, the NFL's inviting 300 of the top prospects already. So anyone that's there is probably in that draftable range or priority free agent uh, as it is. So we're not talking about any bottom of the barrel players. I think what the combine does is two things. One is it gives you an apples to apples to apples kind of presentation of these players. You get to see these receivers go back to back to back, running the same route, catching the same football. You get to see the quarterbacks throwing that same route, throwing that same football, same environment, same weather. We don't get to see that at the pro day. You know, I, I get to compare a guy that, that threw at Brown, uh, an Ivy League school, to Kenny Pickett throwing a pit, right? And, and they get to go back to back and throwing passes. I think that's always nice to see. It's not the be all end all and the film's always going to trump everything, but it allows you to say, oh, that's not what I saw in film. Let me go back and watch it. Or though, no, that's what I saw. This kind of backs up what, what it is. Then when we look at times, when we look at just what's that 40 time, right? That's what everyone wants. Or what's that bench press, et cetera. Uh, I think you can't take all that just at, on the surface, but there's some players today that ran a lot faster than I thought they played. So I'm going to go back and watch them and say, do they play a lot slower or did I miss something? I think that's a lot of what the combine is. And then when you combine all these numbers, one score that I use instead of just the times is the relative athletic score. What's the size of the player and how do they compare historically uh, against other players of the combine in terms of their explosiveness, their agility, their speed. Take all those times and the size, which a lot of people leave out. You know, if a guy's 170 pounds, he better be a lot faster than a guy that's 211. Mm. So we take all that into account and get a final score. And then I think you can start to see what that athleticism looks like. All right, Shane, let's get out of the way now. This great hand size debate, where do you stand on it? Well, I think it's a little bit overblown. Um, I, I think for, especially for Kenny Pickett himself, I, I understand that you want to have hands that are nine inches or bigger, like Joe Burrow came in at nine. Um, you're gripping a football. The NFL football is bigger than the college football. So you can't just say, well, they can do it in college. Well, it's a different football here. That being said, Kenny Pickett, his hand is unique. His thumb kind of juts out. And so how they measure the hand is from pinky to tip of thumb, mm -hmm. not on a football, just straight up. So if he can't bend his thumb all the way back, He's going to get a lower measurement than his hand actually is. And I think that's what's happening. I think his hands, if he can't move his that finger all the way back, probably would be over nine inches. He'd be fine. But he wears the two gloves. That's a problem. He fumbled a lot. That's a problem. I don't think it's necessarily just the hand size. But it's going to be a slight concern. I don't think you, you don't pick him because his hands are a half inch too small. 
You don't pick Pickett because of his hands. Nice. There you go. Uh, we are talking to uh, Draft Countdown Managing Partner and Analyst Shane Hallam. So, Shane, I mean, obviously, uh, there's a lot of videos and pictures of uh, Evan Neal, who uh, looks unbelievable, 340 pounds. I, he lost a lot of weight. He looks like he's in the best condition uh, going into this combine. Uh, what were your thoughts? A lot of people are, like, surprised of his size. I mean, we, we posted up his picture on our feed. Are you surprised at Evan Neal's size, and uh, does this hurt or affect anybody from drafting him, uh, you know, as the number one pick? No, I, I think it's good. I, like you said, I think he looks – Good. You don't need, I don't need my offensive tackle to be 350 pound plus. Um, you don't necessarily need that if they have the, the strength and they have that lower body strength. I mean, Evan Neal is six, seven, he's really tall. So he's not going to look that the same 340 as a guy that's six, three, they're going to look at that. Their body's going to look a lot different or, or a seven footer in the NBA, right. can be 300 pounds and not look that. So I think that's, that's the thing. He's really tall. Um, I, I think his athletic ability at that size is ideal. And if he can get a little bit more athletic, a little bit more consistent, I think there were times at Alabama where you saw maybe the, the weight be a little bit of a problem for him to get to the edge and kind of settle himself. He's a little inconsistent. It's why he's not like a surefire number one overall pick, even if he might go there, uh, because he had some inconsistency in terms of pass blocking. He's a nasty player. He is very physical. You can see the upper body strength. I think slimming down a little bit, if it helps with that athleticism and consistency, and he still keeps that nastiness of his run blocking and lower body push, I think it's the best thing that can happen for him. And I think he's squarely in the conversation for number one overall. And if not, he's going to go in the top five. So these receivers projected as middle first round picks and late first round picks a lot of the time. A lot of them did well today. Is there any that stood out to you in terms of the three drills that they did today that could really help elevate them in terms of what they could be at the NFL level? I think the Ohio State receivers both coming in faster than a 4-4 in terms of the 40 time. Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. I thought Olave in particular looked really good in the drills. Uh, he was a player that, you know, very smooth, kind of um, almost has this sneaky athleticism where he can get behind you pretty quickly just in how he runs his routes. Whereas I think Wilson's a little more of the pure footwork route runner. Show that a little bit today too. So I think those two players maybe established themselves. They're, they're definite first round picks. Uh, people are going to feel good about that. Um, I think that the player that people were looking for was Arkansas receiver Traylon Burks. Mm -hmm. He was uh, a guy that a lot of people have as the number one overall um, receiver in this Speedy class. Does. I, do. At, I do. I do. I had him. It, yep. it came in at 225 pounds. I mean, that's a, you know, that's a big guy. Um, and he ran a four, five, five, which people, some people thought he'd run in the four threes or low four, four. It probably wasn't going to happen at 225. Uh, four five five is really good at that weight and at his size. He is still a, an athletic freak. He's still in the top uh, 80 percentile of receivers that have ever worked out at the combine for his numbers. I mean, it's pretty good. So I think Traylon Burks, um, it, he lined up mostly in the slot at Arkansas, which is a little bit odd for a player of his size. Um, so I think that's going to be interesting to see what team drafts him and how they utilize him. But I, th I think he's squarely in the first round. I think those three players. And then we have guys that injuries weren't able to work out today. Jameson Williams from Alabama, Drake London from USC, that I think are are uh, up there as well. I think the combine kind of solidified just what, you know, what we what I had thought about those players and where their value is. I don't think too much changed in terms of that value, but it might mix up a little bit who goes first and who goes second in that first round. We are talking to Draft Countdown Managing Partner and Analyst Shane Hallam. 
Kevon Thibodeau is a guy that everybody is looking forward to seeing at this combine. I mean, his unbelievable speed, his strength, his conditioning. I mean, he also has had some injuries that really has scared people from Oregon. Uh, but uh, I, I he was predominantly going to be the number one pick going into this year and this season. But the injuries have really uh, pushed him back. Now that people are saying Hutchinson over him. Uh, what are your thoughts to Kevon Thibodeau going into the combine? And do you think he has anything to prove to really move himself back up in the top three uh, in this draft this year? I think he seems to. I'm not sure that he should. I have him as my number one overall player in this class. And I think the reason for that to me is you don't get the explosive first step that he has uh, regularly. Uh, I think it's one of the best that I've seen in college football since I've been doing this since 2004. His ability to kind of step out and kind of push the offensive tackle to the outside, spin inside, or vice versa. You know, he uses that athletic first step explosiveness to rush the passer and had a lot of success this year uh, doing that. But it seems like people don't like, you know, the injuries, don't like maybe how he played against the run, just want to be a little bit more sure of themselves with what he brings to the table. Uh, is he a complete pass rushing edge rusher, which Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan is a more complete player. Um, the great game against Ohio state kind of solidified his draft stock and then didn't do much in the playoff game in the bowl game. Right. He was kind of, he was shut right. down. So I think, I think that's the, that's what you're looking at and why maybe both, neither of these guys go number one overall now. Um, so I, I'm, I'm interested to see what Thibodeau does. Does he work out? Does he, you know, do these drills at the very least and maybe show off some of that requisite athletic ability and put himself back in that conversation? I think if he ends up falling to the back half of the top 10, maybe further, I, I think he's going to be an absolute steal and we'll be, you know, wondering in five years, why, how, how did this happen when he was the number one guy from the time he got out of high school uh, until the end when he just seemed to fall unexpectedly? So there have been rumors, speaking of the number one overall pick, that Jacksonville has been trying to shop it as well because they need a lot, especially on defense. Uh, can you see this kind of thing in a not-quarterback class? And if so, who do you think could be teams that are likely to trade up, if that's the case? No. <laughs> like if, if I'm a team, I'm not moving to number one overall. Just the, the cost of what just number one overall means um, in a vacuum is too expensive. Now, if Jacksonville's willing to take a heavy discount and you're a team that needs an offensive tackle uh, or, or an edge rusher, then I think maybe you explore that possibility. So I think we're talking about four players, Evan Neal from Alabama, we talked about the two edge rushers we just talked about, and then Ike McWanu, the offensive tackle from NC State, who had a phenomenal season. I think those are the only the only four guys that I'd be willing to move up there for. And maybe it's a team like um you know like Carolina or like the Jets that had you know Jets have a couple picks in that top 10 could move from maybe from 10 to 1 and try to lock up two of the top five players in the draft. I just think it's doubtful. If Jacksonville wants what a number one overall pick typically would get, th there's no reason to do that for a non-quarterback. Hmm. We are talking to Draft Countdown Managing Partner and Analyst Shane Hallam. Now, Shane, uh, we, we talk about these these offensive superstars. This year, I mean, there are good some good wide receivers. We, we just had Jeff on. He, he speaks very highly. There are six good wide receivers in this year's draft. But the running backs, and you could find running backs later in the rounds, the second, third, fourth, fifth sixth rounds, maybe even the seventh, and they could become superstars in this league. Uh, is there a particular running back mid-rounds that really stand out to you where they could be that superstar that you could just 
sneak attack and, and grab him in the third or fourth round and become that, that power back that you expect him to be? It's a tough class for running backs because I like a lot of them, mm-hmm. but to try to identify who that kind of superstar potential is, because I think we have kind of three at the top in Brees Hall from Iowa State. He's going to run tomorrow. Um, we also have Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M, Kenneth Walker from Michigan State. I think those guys are gone before that third, fourth round that you're talking mm-hmm. about. Uh, so I really like Tyler Allgaier running back from mm-hmm. BYU. He's a player that has that kind of big – 220 pound frame um, runs, you know, really good. He's, I think he's going to run a good 40 time. I have him at a four five. If that happens, if he's even in the four fives, then I think at his size, that's going to be really good. Now he has some vision issues really did well this past season. After Zach Wilson left, they kind of relied on the run game. I think all is really intriguing. A late round pick that I like too is Damian Pierce out of Florida yeah. had a good senior bowl too. He's another stocky kind of five, eight, two twenty. He runs like he wants to run right through you and run you over. I mean, he, he wants, to get physical I like those players I think those are players that can excel at that level and then my deep sleeper in this class is Pierre Strong the running back out of South Dakota State a small school player uh, 202 pounds catches the ball really well um, really like his cutting ability I think in a one cut scheme and his own blocking scheme uh, he, he could be kind of that sleeper that's a James Robinson type who comes in out of nowhere and really does well so I think I think if you're looking running back don't don't hesitate to wait till day three Maybe pick two of them. I think we could get a couple Elijah Mitchell-esque, you know, rises this season um, from some of these running backs. So you brought up a lot of these lesser-known schools, these smaller schools. And I've seen a lot of mock drafts in the first round that have a lot of these smaller school guys, more than I usually see. Uh, the, the tackle, uh, Pinnell or uh, Trevor Pinnell from northern Iowa is getting up there. I've seen the linebacker, Chad Muma from Wyoming, in the mix. Christian Watson is one on Twitter that everybody seems to love for fantasy football more. But I've seen it them in the, as being a top receiver in this class. Do you think that could become more of a norm just based on the data? that's now available or do you still think it'll be competition based and like strength of the power five conferences i i think the small school players are rising up in a lot of ways um a i think we see the competition at the high-end fcs and we're talking northern iowa in the missouri valley conference we talk north dakota state south dakota state i mean there's good competition now at the high end of of fcs level some of those teams are going to be moving up into the FBS pretty soon. Um, But I think small school players, because now the film's out there, you can access it. People can see and watch these players. Um, You know, they are, I think they're going to continue to be on the rise. I mean, I I really like Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. Um, Christian Watson, I wrote an article in early January, where I think his career trajectory will be similar to Cooper Cup where he, you know, he gets drafted maybe third round and ha- has a year kind of getting acclimated and then just, just breaks out um, in like year three. Uh, so I, I think these small school players you watch at the senior bowl um, this year did not have that kind of catch up that usually those small school guys need like a day to just get settled. That didn't happen this season. So I do think the small school players, something to look out for this year and next year, you're going to start seeing more and more, compete with these SEC, ACC-type players. Offensive line really uh, is part of where this league is transitioning to. If you don't have 
uh, a good offensive line, you don't have a good defensive line, don't even think that you're going to win a championship. And there's a player right now in the draft that's falling, and I, I, I'm surprised. Uh, Tyler Lindenbaum. I mean, if you look at every draft board, this kid keeps falling to the 20s, and I think he's a top – he could be a top 10 pick. I, I think he's the best center in this year's draft. He reminds me of a Nick Mangold, a little bit faster. Uh, it, it has a, a little bit more edgy – of he's more edgy type of player. He's mean. What are your thoughts right now when you look at Tyler Lindebaum? Why is he falling in a lot of a lot of people's draft boards? I, I think he's one of the most fun players in this class to watch. I, you, you pop on Iowa, it's hard not to notice how good Tyler Linderbaum is at moving guys off the line. And, I mean, he gets nasty. Um, basically, there's two reasons he's falling. One is position. Center, historically, I don't think we've had a top 10 pick at center um, since the merger. So teams generally have not considered the center position to be quite as important. Um, I think part of that is the the analytics of it. Center is the one position where athleticism does not correlate to NFL success. So basically, like it's the one position where, to me, I would think center is where you want an athletic guy, um, but doesn't necessarily have that much of an impact. Um, the, the other thing with Linderbaum, outside of just position, is he's under 300 pounds. And I think that's a tough sell up above, you know, Nick Mangold, you mentioned was, I think he was in the high 300s, 307, 308. Um, so I think it's a hard sell for teams to say, we're going to take this guy in the top 15. He weighs, you know, 292. How's he going to go up against these 330, 340 pounders? I think Tyler Underbaum can do it. If it was me, I have him top 15 on my board. I wouldn't hesitate to take him there. He can even play guard if, if you're really scared about the center thing. Also, the center class is absolute garbage outside of him. I mean, it, I don't know if there's another center that you pick uh, before the fourth or fifth round. Wow. So if you want one, you better take Tyler Linderbaum <laughs> or you're taking a guard that's never snapped the football and hoping he can. So I think that should play into it. And I think he could pop back up there before all said and done. You mentioned a chrono before as somebody that you have in your top four of, of what you think could end up happening. So what is the, what is with what do you like about him in terms of that rise that we've seen? Because I've mostly seen him in like the mid first round previously, maybe borderline top ten, and now is all of a sudden rising. What do you see in him that makes him up there? I think he was a guy when he came into the season, people didn't really have him on the radar. NC State is not a super high profile school. Um, but Ekwanu from almost game one, which is a dominant left tackle. Um, and he was a player when you watch NC State. I mean, he is pancaking guys almost every single play. He's He loves to get out and kind of lead block. So in terms of run blocking, uh, I mean, phenomenal, best in the class easily. And then you saw him develop over the season in terms of his footwork and kick slide and be able to handle some of these ACC pass rushers that have some of that elite athletic ability. So now you have a guy that can just essentially kick ass at run blocking and he's showing off the footwork to stick with some of these more athletic, smaller edge rushers. And that's exactly what you want in the NFL. If you have that player, um, you know, you can just seal off that side of the line, run behind that side of the line and feel confident. I think that's what people like. Um, he's one of those players that has great size, has good movement ability. Uh, I'm hoping we see that at the workouts, at the combine and see that kind of play out. But uh, yeah, he he's kind of a little bit late riser. People didn't have him doing too much coming into the season. He played guard for a little while at NC State. I just think he's phenomenal and can be that complete package, perhaps. We are talking to Draft Countdown Managing Partner and Analyst Shane Allen. Uh, the New York Giants drafting at five and seven. They're positioned very, very well. 
Uh, this is a very important draft. You have a new GM. You have a new coach. Uh, they have to solidify this team. They have to really put a stamp in this year's draft to say this is where we're going. This is where we're going to move forward as an organization. Where do you see the Giants at 5-7 and seven going at those positions? I think it's kind of down to three positions for me. I think offensive tackle, we just talked how important that is. If if one of those Evan Neal, Ike McWanu falls, I think that's a run to the podium and hand in the pick. Um, if not, I really like Charles Cross, the offensive tackle from Mississippi State, playing in a Mike Leach offense. He had a pass block all the time and is super, super great feet, really athletic. Um, I think maybe he's a player that could fall down to that second pick of theirs and be an interesting choice. Edge rusher, they, they need to add pass rush. I think the defense is pretty solid, but um, I really like this next tier. Once again, it's Kayvon Thibodeau fall. I, I would think you should consider him if he does and maybe clear that up. I think uh, George Karlofitis from Purdue is a player who seems to be following a little bit in people's eyes, but I think his workouts, the combine will, will bring him back up into the top 10. Uh, maybe even David Ajabo from Michigan on the other side of Aiden Hutchinson could be intriguing picks. Uh, and then I say the secondary, you know, when you're picking a five, maybe the fifth best player in this class, maybe the f- number one overall player in this class is Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. Wow. He's a player that I compare as a prospect to Sean Taylor. Um, he's wow. that type of size at 6'4", 220 pounds, allegedly going to run like a 4'4", something 40. The Jets um, love and, him. <laughs> yeah, and you can I mean you can see that on film. He mm-hmm. he runs across the field and makes interceptions out of nowhere. Like you want a, you want a game-changing player. I think he could be that. Um and then Sauce Gardner, the corner out of Cincinnati is a player Uh-oh. who didn't didn't allow a touchdown his, <laughs> his entire career, you know, 62188. Um he's someone who's going to run really well. Uh you know, he sh- pretty much shut down Jameson Williams in, in the playoff game. Um I think he's maybe a consideration after some of the some of the issues with uh, rookie corners that the Giants have had. Jeff, you heard that? He mem- he mentioned sauce, okay? So stop throwing Mr. Halem under the bus. He loves you. He absolutely loves you. All the different draft uh, combine guys that we've had, he loves your, uh, you know, your reports, everything. So he follows you, Shane. So he absolutely loves I'll you. Take it. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, I don't want to get on Jeff's bad side after that call. You also, I'm a Giants fan. So you also mentioned the, uh, with Sauce Gardner, uh, James James Bradbury looking to trade too. So that could be another leverage point for that kind of thing. So you brought up Hamilton and. Also, we on the on the offensive side too. We're seeing a lot of these hybrid players really take take shape as being not only dominant forces, but being more prominent throughout the league. So, you can you see the kind this kind of thing taking shape as being more of a norm and maybe taking on the majority rather than just the pure wide receiver or the pure corner type thing. Like Kyle Hamilton, play all over the place, and you saw him do that this year when the uh, after Owusu went to the Browns in last year's draft. So can you see that kind of thing taking a norm where they prioritize that even more in the first round rather than just being the quote unquote, like gadget players or hybrid players? I think it's coming to that as the college landscape kind of adapts. um, I think we're going to see those kind of players on both sides of the football have a little more impact. Um, You know, take a guy, uh, you know, 
uh, in terms of like safety to linebacker type Daxton Hill from Michigan is a player that, you know, super athletic lined up a lot in the nickel played nickel corner, but he's a safety and he can play deep and he can play, you know, you're going to use him in so many different ways, depending on what the offense does. I think that's big. And I think on the offensive side, you're right too. And we saw Kadarius Tony with the giants get drafted last year and more of that hybrid role. Um, an interesting guy, not a first rounder, but maybe second day is Wando Robinson out of Kentucky uh, who, you know, played running back at Nebraska, transferred to Kentucky, played receiver five, eight. Um, and, but he, he played outside. I mean, he was a tough, he played like he was a six foot guy. So I think you could use him as a, in a running back role and handing the ball off and he's fat. You know, you could do a lot of different things with him. I think teams want that kind of player, even if maybe, you know, us, us fantasy guys are, aren't going to love that they don't get a ton of yards or a ton of touchdowns. But when you have that type of electric player, it makes defenses, you know, know what's happening. And on the other side of the ball, same thing. Like I said, with the Daxton Hill or with some of these big safeties like Sterling Weatherford out of Miami could play a little linebacker, Nick Cross from Maryland. I, I think there's a lot that you have to account for and know where those players are. And that helps you win games. Um, my last question, uh, you look at the Cowboys and they, they – they made a, a very good first-round pick last year. They bring in the defensive rookie of the year. He was fa- fabulous. Everybody that thought Michael Parsons uh, in the background of him from Pennsylvania, the gang-related background, that he, the people that he hangs out with, uh, it wasn't going to work in New York. It wasn't going to work. But it worked with the Cowboys, okay? The Cowboys who like to bring in players that just aren't very nice. But Michael Parsons had a great year. Is there somebody or something or some player that stands out in this year's draft that can really put the Cowboys over the top this year? They are going to lose pieces in in free agency because they don't have the money. So you know they're going to have to build around the draft. They hit it on Michael Parsons. Is there a player in this year's draft on where the position to draft where they can just nail it and, and get another Michael Parsons? Um. I, you know, I think I think those players exist. I don't think you're going to get someone where they're drafting at the high profile of Micah Parsons. Um, but, I, you know, to me, I feel like you're looking at, at strengthening those lines mm-hmm. if you're Dallas, right? I think it's going to be offensive or defensive line. I think one intriguing player on the defensive side, maybe to give you a little bit of interior pass rush, free up a guy like Micah Parsons to play a little more of that variety role um, and let your pass rushers kind of pin their nose back is Travis Jones from UConn. Mm-hmm. Someone's kind of gaining steam, 326 pounds, has that nose tackle body, but can kick outside to be an edge rusher if you need him to. Um, he's a three down player, has really good pass rush ability, senior bowl, absolutely dominant. And, you know, you're like UConn, like who wants to play from UConn? One of the worst teams in FBS this year. You watch UConn's defense. I don't know if there's any player – uh, on that defense outside of Travis Jones that we even play in the USFL. Uh, so they, he was getting double teamed, triple teamed, and still making plays. <laughs> I think that's the type of player the Cowboys need, just someone that you have to account for. What we have to account for Micah Parsons, you start getting to, to the passer. We saw how that worked last year, turn into big plays for the defense. Um, I think that's a, a real possibility. That would be the guy that I'd pick. Uh, but I think Dallas is tough this year to predict because they can – 
Jerry Jones can go a number of different ways, and there, there's going to be a couple holes there, like you said. Uh, but I, I think Travis Jones would be a great fit. Mm-hmm. All right, so two-part question with your uh, with your Steelers. So number one, there's a rumor that's come out that they're looking at Lewis Riddick to be their next GM. So what would you think of that? And number two, I know you mentioned the last time we had you on the show that you would want a veteran quarterback to transition, not take a quarterback this year if you're the Steelers. So what direction would you want to see the Steelers go in a particular prospect? I've heard O-line. I've heard secondary for corners. I know you mentioned on the last show you're not a huge Derek Stingley fan. You thought he was a bit overrated. But if he falls to the Steelers, I don't know if you could be mad at that kind of thing. So what direction would you go in if you were the Steelers? I think Lewis Reddick would be super interesting. The Steelers are definitely doing their due diligence. So whoever they hire, I'll probably be fairly confident in. I'm still hoping for an internal hire. I think Omar Khan, the uh, kind of the business side, he, he had done wonders with it. If they could pair him with someone that knows scouting and knows, I think it's a, a way to go like the Vikings are right now. I'll take Derek Stingley at 20. If you want to give it to me, I'll still take him. I, I, I didn't think he was a top five player. He's kind of fallen out, falling behind Sauce Gardner. I think mm-hmm. it's kind of come to fruition now. Um, if it was me, I would want interior offensive line. And we talked about Tyler Linderbaum. If he's somehow there, I'd run that card up. Um, I don't know if they would, but I, I definitely would. I really like the guard Kenyon Green from uh, Texas A&M. I think he's someone they've already interviewed. He mentioned at the combine, um, 325 pounds, 6'4", was a big part of the reason they beat Alabama. He was, you know, making holes. I think Najee Harris find him. That right guard is a, is a place that they need to fill up. The quarterback position, if, if Malik Willis from Liberty falls to 20, then uh, I, I think the Steelers will take him. And I'd be fine with that. I think he has some development to go. Maybe you still start Mason Rudolph and you can sit Malik Willis down. Uh, maybe this is being, being being a bad fan, but I almost would rather just go with Mason Rudolph. Like, you know, it's not going to be good. And the Steelers are, probably aren't going to be good this year, no matter who the quarterback is. They're not trade probably trading for Aaron Rodgers or anything like that. So I think uh, I, I'm fine going with Mason Rudolph or sign a Mitch Trubisky to a year or two deal mm. and just see if you can build the offensive line back get the defense back to where it needs to be and then look next year at the 2023 class, a much better quarterback class. And then I think you draft your, you're not the only Steelers fan who said that either. I've heard a lot of times they just want to keep Mason Rudolph. And I also give you credit to, you mentioned Stingley falling ever since we had you on the show last time, I've seen him more in the 10 through 15 range at mock draft rather than the top five. Like they were his originally. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it seems to be happening uh, as time goes on. We'll see. I don't know what he's going to do with the combine, but we'll see if he can rehab that a bit. I think it's uh, a big mistake. That's all I'm going to say. I think he's a great player. So, uh, uh, Jeff actually is on the feed, and he wants to know, get his linebacking ranking. Be, it'll be interesting to see where he has them ranking. So who is your top linebacking ranking of this year's draft? So I right now I have two guys with first-round grades. Uh, number one, I have Devin Lloyd from Utah. Was that defense a big pick six in the bowl game? I think he's rock solid tackler and can cover. Number two is Nicobe Dean from Georgia. You put on Georgia's defense, it's great, but Nicobe Dean was really able to hit that second level and rush the passer a little bit. As long as he's not like super slow or super unathletic, which I don't think he is, then I think Dean's going to be, um, I think he'll be a first round pick. Uh, after that, I think it gets a little bit tenuous in the second day. Christian Harris from Alabama had kind of a rough year. Um, I'm interested to see his athleticism. Then I really like Darian Beavers from Cincinnati and Chad Muma 
from Wyoming, who we mentioned before, is kind of day two, second, third round picks. It's very interesting. It really is. Oh, Nathan wants to know, what are your thoughts to, of, of uh, his friend Lisa's cousin, E.J. Perry, at the Combine uh, just happened today. So what were your thoughts to uh, E.J. Perry as the quarterback? Good 40 time for him. He ran a 4-6, and I think that's solid. He has some athletic ability. I thought the passing drills were not great. Um, he struggled at some of the comeback routes, especially toward the sideline stuff. Uh, my partner at Draft Countdown, Brian Bassarge, is a really big fan of EJ Perry. I think EJ Perry maybe has a shot to be a sixth, seventh round pick, you know, develop him a little bit. I mean, he was the Brown offense that he did not have great talent around him. I thought that uh, he really played well, has, he can get out of the pocket. I think he's a priority free agent, worst case. And, and I would love to have him, you know, on the Steelers, on who, wherever it's a third quarterback, develop him a little bit. I think there's some potential hidden there, but he's, he's just not quite there yet. Well, uh, as everybody knows, we are talking and we always talk to draft countdown managing partner, analyst Shane Allen. He's the best of the best, and he has joined us. If you guys haven't checked him out, go check him out. How do they find you, Shane? You can follow me on Twitter at Shane P. Hallam. Check out draftcountdown.com. We also do a podcast every week, the Draft Countdown podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. You can check that out as well. Mm, well, we really appreciate you joining us. Uh, long day, six hours of a, a telecast of uh, what you thought what was going on at the Combine. I'm sure you're going to be doing it tomorrow and Saturday and, and have your finishing touches of the Combine on Sunday. But uh, I, I'm looking forward to watching the defensive linemen. That's what I want to see. Uh, I, I would like to see Kevon uh, Thibodeau actually uh, you know, do what he does at the Combine. And I want to see his speed. I want to see what he can do. Uh, because I do believe he is the more uh, raw, talented pass rusher in this draft. And I do believe he – I don't know if he's Aaron Donald. I don't know if he's that – that next big pass rusher that we can't wait to see, and he's going to be that superstar guy. But I, I, I believe he's going to be something special. So uh, teams are going to pass up on him, and if they do, they're going to regret it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. We still got a, a lot of time and a lot of rumors, and then things end up completely different from what we thought they would be. So that that's why I think the draft's fun. All 32 teams get a piece of this thing. Well, thank you for joining us, Shane. Yeah, in time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Shane Hallam, awesome. He's awesome. He knows his stuff. Oh, yeah. He knows his stuff. And uh, we got all the questions out for him. And uh, if you missed it, uh, check out the Weekend Crunch because we're, we're definitely going to use this interview. I think Alrighty. people uh, that like the draft and, and understand where this draft could, could mean. And, and you know what? I didn't ask him anything about the Jets because I, I kind of figure where the Jets are going to go. Um, as far as the fourth, it, you know, the fourth pick is concerned, I'm hearing a lot of Kyle Hamilton. Mm -hmm. it, it seems like, and, and it's high praise if he's Sean Taylor, okay? Because if he's anywhere like, and I've I've heard Sean Taylor's name with this guy. Now, I didn't know how good he was. I didn't want him. I still, I'm kind of iffy in taking a safety at four. If the pass rushers are there, it's really hard to pass. Yes, up. <laughs> but. If Kyle Hamilton is Sean Taylor and he's he's going to change your defense like that and he's that type of ball hawk, like he says the speed and he sees the field the way he does, then I I will I will not be upset if the Jets draft Kyle Hamilton. Well, Jeff was calling back. I guess we'll figure out the results of what he thought of the linebacker rankings. <laughs> what did you think, Jeff? All right, here's what I think. I like Nithin. Nithin's a great guy. He's very smart. Love seeing him on. Dude, EJ Perry's not a thing. Stop trying to make it happen. <laughs> 
<laughs> Where is Nithin? Was he supposed to come into the yeah, team? No, no one gives two flying shits what his numbers were against Yale, okay? Like, no <laughs> one cares about E.J. Perry. <clears throat> Brown University is where you go for a chemistry student, not a quarterback. <laughs> you see, did you see uh, Shane's face when we asked him that? <laughs> He's probably saying, okay, I got to be nice here. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) My partner likes him. (laughs) He didn't want to say he likes him. His partner likes him. Oh, man. That was – it was a great interview. He's really good, man. He knows his stuff. Really maybe, I'll forget, uh, maybe I'll forget the guy he was mentioning. Maybe I'll ask him to come on the show and ask him out. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, when you hear these guys, and we had some of these young guys, and uh, well, two of the young guys said that this draft isn't – this this isn't something that – you don't want to draft in the top ten in this year's draft. I beg to differ. There are a tremendous amount of good, talented players. Uh, and the Giants having the fifth and the seventh pick. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles drafting in the top 20. They have three picks. The Jets have two. I mean – I don't care what anybody says. There are players in this year's draft that could be absolute superstars. And there will be guys that are busts. Um, but I, 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 you can't tell me, you can't sit here and say, there's not a player in this year's draft that's a Micah Parsons. That's a, that's a Crockett you know. Yeah, that's going to be hard to find for a linebacker like that. I, I, lo- I like Dean and Lloyd a lot. No, I'm not talking them. about that. I'm talking about pass rusher, okay? Well, he played all over the place. I, 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 but he was considered the pass rusher of the Cowboys. And I, I, I beg to differ. Uh, Hutchinson's going to be good. Thibodeau's going to be good. Kalafkas um, is going to be good. I mean, to say that... None of these guys could be a Micah Parsons is a ridiculous statement, and I, I disagree. I think there's a lot of depth, a lot of good pass rushers. The kid from – the other guy from Michigan. Uh, oh, Jabo. Uh, Jabo that everybody let says me, is moving up. Go ahead, let, let, me just, let me just – before I – because you asked me about his linebacker rank. Yes. I have no problem with, with his linebacker rank. However, there's a guy that deserves more consideration. I, you know, maybe – I don't know where he has him. Maybe it's six or seven or I don't know, something like that. But the other kid on Georgia that's in – there's two people. The other kid oh, on Cine? Georgia – Cine? No, Quay Walker. Oh, Quay Walker. Okay. Quay Wa- Dude, Quay Walker – listen, I like N'Kobe Dean. I, I worry about him at the next level just because of his size. He's a little undersized, so I like Quay Walker in that regard because he's a little bigger. But there's another kid that not a lot of people talk about, Nick Benito. Yeah, I've, I've heard be that too. Mm-hmm. Right. That'd be, that would be another guy that I think, you know, could be considered in that top five as well. I'm not saying that the guys that he had in his top five shouldn't be there. Uh, Shane's very good at what he does. Oh, he uh, definitely and is. so I'm not saying that at all. But I think Quay Walker and um, Nick Benito deserve con- some consideration as well. It's it's interesting when he goes up and he we ask him a question and, and, and he goes from player to player and <sighs> Analytically, he just goes on what he thinks their strengths, their weaknesses. Uh, I, I, I to, to study this and and to to have this information, it's pretty amazing. It really is. See, this is why Shane is so good, though, is because he doesn't say outlandish things like Zayvon Collins is a third round draft pick, <laughs> right? I mean, he doesn't say ridiculous things like Shane's just you know very matter of fact and gives you the facts and hey, this is what it is and this is what you know whatever. And there's not really too much to take issue with with Shane because he knows his shit. Yeah, well, should call him the cesspool man. He knows his shit. Well, guess what? He he likes sauce too. So, yeah, you like sauce that? Sauce is the boss, bro. <laughs> he likes the sauce. So he mentioned it. I never said anything about him. He he was pretty. Uh, he was pretty pretty imminent uh, on how good the sauce is. So and, and how well sauce he played. Is great. Yeah, he 
he was talking about the uh, the ball game and how great he looked. So uh, that's Sauce Gardner is so good. He made Jamison Williams snap his own knee. <laughs> Damn, that's how good he is. <laughs> I mean, listen, you know, people will take issue with the competition because they don't respect the, you know, uh, the AAC or any of that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's a high scoring well, league, though. Their game is like 51 right, to that, 44. Right. But that's what I'm saying. They're a pass happy, you know, they're a pass happy uh, conference. And, you know, SMU is always throwing it around. It's got some good players. Uh, UCF, Memphis, yeah, there's a lot around. of those teams. Yeah, right. there's a lot of schools that are pretty damn good with a, a bunch of good wide receivers. And for a guy not to allow a touchdown in three years in that conference, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, again, Nithin, you know, Nithin was supposed to show up here, and he was probably going to brag about EJ Perry. I mean, uh, we must have scared him off. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, Hey, you know what's so funny? When he wants to come on, he tells me, when should I come on? I tell him 11.30. He doesn't show up here. But he goes into the feed, and he's asking questions through the feed. Does that make any sense to you? I mean, seriously. He, sh- he shouldn't show up. He's asked three times about E.J. Perry, and he's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, and he also asked about the Cowboys, too. And he also brought up Fred- Travis Frederick. Travis Frederick was not a top-ten pick, Nathan. <laughs> No, and he, it's not, he's not Lindenbaum either. EJ Perry is not a thing, though. <laughs> it's not a thing. I would be stunned if he even gets drafted. Really? Stunned. Mm. Stunned. <laughs> he's, uh, for me. You should put a bet on it. Oh, uh, dude, don't ask Jeff me to bet on anything. <laughs> Jeff versus Nithin. Don't, don't ask me to make any more bets. I'm going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he's not an actual real player. So going into, you know, the draft is what? A month and a half away? It really is. Always around your birthday. So yeah. judge that accordingly. It's a month and a half away. Uh, you know, it's it's very, actually, it's probably about two months because it's early it's early March, so it's two months, and we have free agency coming up, uh, you know, next three or four weeks. What what really stands out after the combine? What, what is the first – when free agency opens up, what do you think is the first player off the board of free agency? Ooh, that is a good question. I would have to imagine it's going to be – those the competition for those those offensive linemen in particular because there's so many teams that had such bad offensive lines and Brian uh, Brandon Scherf and Ryan Jensen are probably the two standouts when it comes to that and interior offensive linemen yes like Shane was saying aren't going to be valued as much but they're both still on the younger side where you don't have to worry about like uh, Russell Okung or something like that and all these injury issues that hit free agency and it wasn't much of anything the Giants overpaying Nate Solder I don't know you're going to have to worry about that situation as much for those teams fighting for those offensive linemen too and it'll determine a lot of these these draft offensive linemen too because there's a lot of interior guys that could be first round picks more than you usually see like Shane was mentioning too and guys that could be moved around in so many different different positions. So if they solidify one of them with free agency, especially with one of those types of players, they're both top at their positions, top end at their position. That could definitely make a difference. How about you, Jeff? Uh, is there a particular yeah, I, player that you think will be I, off the I board? Don't, okay. In, in fairness to this question, I don't, I don't think it's a fair question because we still have a week left uh, for teams to franchise tag players. Mm-hmm. Okay. So be, it, because here's, here's the honest thing. I like Brandon Scherf. I like what Speedy's saying. I have no problem with that, but let's be honest. Devontae Adams is a free agent. He's the first one gone, mm-hmm. right? Like that's what it is. And we don't know if they're franchising him or if they're going to work out a contract or whatever. So asking who the top guy is, is almost futile at this point because we don't know who's available. Are, are they going to, are the Patriots going to um, 
uh, give a free uh, a, a, a tag franchise tag to J.C. Jackson because J.C. Jackson's been very quietly one of the best quarter cornerbacks in the game, and that would be a, a it's a coveted position, right? Same with wide receiver. If you don't get Brandon Scherf, the next guy down will do just as fine. But if you have a top cornerback and if you have a top wide receiver, those are going to be more important. And we don't know if those guys are even going to be available yet. Mm. I think Robinson will be available. I, I think he'll be sitting No there. one mentioned Robinson. Mm. No one mentioned him. Devontae Adams, J.C. Jackson. Really? Right? Like, Dude, if Devontae Adams is, is is a free agent, you don't think he's like yeah, but he he's, he wants thirty million dollars. I don't think a team's going to be willing to to, to throw that there's, out there. Okay, there's a seat for every ass. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I and with, with 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 someone will give him something, right? He it, it, it'll happen. It'll oh, somebody happen. will give it to him. I, I Vegas, I'll definitely. I can see Vegas doing it. I'll throw away anything. I mean. <laughs> Uh, Josh McDaniels there. Yeah, sure. Why not? Give Devontae Adams 30 million. Right. And he's not, he's not like, you know, it's not talked about as, as like as much of a thing as it should be, but JC Jackson very favorably compares to Jalen Ramsey. Mm -hmm. And if JC Jackson was half the trash talker Jalen Ramsey was, or half the self promoter, then he would, you know, he'd be talked about, but people aren't mentioning him, but he's probably the best cornerback that would be available for years. I can't believe the Patriots are letting him go, man. That we, but we don't know because yeah. they haven't franchised him or they haven't worked out. We don't know if he's a free agent yet. Mm. Same with Devontae Adams. But those, you know, there's a bunch of players that could be Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin. What's he going to do? Right. Right. Like there's a bunch of dudes that, you know, no one's given a franchise tag yet. Do you believe not a single team in the NFL is going to give a franchise tag? Because I think it's coming. No, I think it's coming. And, and there's another week, like you said, and, I think some some of these teams are going to unleash it. Um, I, I I'll tell you this: the, the Jets are not franchising Marcus May. I think Marcus May is going to be heading for free agency. Um, I, I think that Achilles tear really uh, has affected his uh, the Jets' stock in him on making a move and bringing him in. It's which is a shame. I think Marcus May is a good player. I think uh, teams like the Cowboys are going to be looking at him because. Marcus May is coming off a major injury. He's not going to get a lot of money in free agency now. He's gonna, it's going to have to make or break him. I think the Jets will look at Williams from uh, the Saints. Yep. He's a guy that I, I think would absolutely fill in uh, you know, reliability if they decide not to draft Kyle Hamilton, which uh, there are stories coming out that uh, Joe Douglas loves this kid. And I, I, didn't, I didn't know that until I watched clips of him. First of all, he's six foot four. Sees the field very, very well. He's always Runs in the right like place. like a deer. Yeah, he, he's always in the right place. Um, I was very surprised because when I heard that the Jets were thinking about drafting him at four, I'm like, another safety at four? This is ridiculous. But uh, everything that I saw, I, I wasn't a big uh, Jamal Adams guy when they drafted him. I really wasn't. I, I This guy is a different type of player. I, I, I think you can use him in so many different ways. In the slots, you can move him. Uh, you could maybe move him to linebacker. He he reminds me he has the he has the you know he could see the field like a Luke Keekley too. Uh, I mean, he's and he's a good tackler too. He can hit. So I, I I mean the Jets could use him in so many different ways in Robert Sala's defense. And they say he isn't a born leader to the defense. So I mean, he's a Notre Dame kid. You don't get into Notre Dame by being an idiot. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a smart he's a smart dude, man. Yeah. We're not talking about an Alabama player who, uh, well, you get into Alabama if you know the cat in the hat. That's not the case at Notre Dame. 
<laughs> That's a good line. <laughs> you want to go to Alabama? Read the cat in the hat. <laughs> yeah, that's that's their that's their their that's their entrance exam. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. <laughs> and Rolando McLean chose purple. Um... Right? Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? That's not the case at Notre Dame. You actually have to know where a library is. <laughs> that's pretty funny. You know, you have to actually have been to one. Right, like, right, like smart, smart, smart kids at Notre Dame. Kyle Hamilton, smart ass dude. You know, like he's a he's a thinker. He's a you know, I, Kyle Hamilton, great player, man, and he's not a meathead. No, you know? I, I I think uh, a lot of teams and some people say some people's draft boards they see him falling out of the top ten, and some people say he could be as a third or fourth pick. I mean, <clears throat> Uh, I, I I don't know where the Jets are going at four, but I've read a lot of different draft boards that the Jets love this kid. Absolutely yeah, love this kid. I mean, so. there's not there's nothing not to love about him. You know, there's there's not, you know, you can say the same thing for a lot of guys. It's you're you're nitpicking mm. at the top. You're nitpicking. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what you're doing. Oh, do you like Thibodeau or Hutchinson? I don't know. Do you like chocolate or vanilla? They're both ice cream. They're both delicious. What do you prefer? Do you know what I'm saying? Like they're, like that's what it is. Yeah. You know, you're 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 nitpicking. Yeah. You well, know? like hey, listen. If Hutchinson can, uh, if if Hamilton can change uh, the Jets uh, to win and and be that leader that the Jets have been lacking for years, because Jamal Adams wasn't a leader, that's for sure. And H- and Hamilton doesn't seem like the guy that's going to go to the press and cry, or go to his father and lock himself in his room and his daddy's. Oh God, him. your whole thing with Jamal Adams. <laughs> get over, dude. Get over. He broke up with you. Stop being. Stop. The I hated him. Girlfriend. I never liked him. I stop never being the bitter dude, stop being the bitter ex girlfriend. Jeff, if he broke I, up with you. Move Jeff, on with your life. I dude. never liked Jamal Adams. G- give her, give her her puppy back and her clothes, and move on. With I her never life. liked him, so it doesn't matter. It's not like I kissed his ass when he was here. I couldn't stand him. I was so happy when they got rid of him, <clears throat> and the fact that they got two first round draft books, draft picks for him, and they're going to get Kyle Hamilton for him. I'll, I'll take that. I'll run so, with it. So yeah, the, the overall trade would be whoever they draft the ten and a lot. Elijah Vera Tucker is what it looks like. Yeah, well, and whatever the third round pick is, too. I, I'm, I'm sure getting, if you could say that Kyle Hamilton's to fill in Jamal Adams and you got Elijah Vera Tucker, hey, listen, they won on that. Two guys that could be all pro players in the future. So I'm not going to cry about that. Not at all. But uh, I, I'm just not a Jamal Adams fan. I, I just think he's an ass. And he, it, oh, he broke up with you. Just move on. You don't need to make every show about Jamal Adams. It's not. I never talk about Jamal Adams. Jamal anymore. Adams was not mentioned yesterday, Jeff. No, I don't talk about Jamal Adams. I never look at a safety as a, as, as, as a guy that I'm going to draft in the top ten. I just It really is, though. It really is, though, because he, in reality, he's the quarterback of your defense. He's back there seeing everything, and he's he's calling a lot of, you know, plays from back there do you know what i'm saying he's the one calling audibles on defense oh this is happening move here like safety is important having a smart safety is important show me a good football team that doesn't have a good safety you can't do it nathan also says jets need another wide receiver also garrett wilson from ohio state definitely maybe a possibility can, yeah i'm hearing they can convert ej perry to a wide receiver okay <laughs> will that make you happy <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've seen it before. College quarterbacks, the wide receivers, it happens. Oh. 
Oh my oh, god! Not not from Brown. Okay? Not from Brown. <laughs> Jay Perry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Not from Brown. That's that's, that's, that's true. That's something the Jets would do too. <laughs> EJ Perry's best shot at playing in the NFL is with the Patriots because Bill Belichick will pick him and make him play cornerback or something mm-hmm. like that. You know what I'm like? That's what he seems to be. You know, Julian Edelman was a quarterback at Kent State. Sorry, you're playing wide receiver this week. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's what he does. He took a sumo wrestler and made him an offensive lineman. The Navy quarterback, took, too, that led the league in rushing yards. I think the Patriots drafted him, too. They did not. They That was the Ravens. Okay. They took Keenan, Keenan Reynolds. And Nithin, right, but the Patriots were talked about. Right? And Nithin, okay. the guy, the wide receiver that I've been hearing a lot in the last couple of days for the Jets is Drake London. That's what I've been hearing. Uh, Elijah Very. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker has been promoting him uh, significantly to Joe Douglas. Uh, he is not going to be doing the combine. He's going to be doing his pro day. I expect the Jets to be one of those teams that are going to be at his pro day and is going to watch this kid play. He's six I don't foot know five. Why, I, I don't know why more people aren't giving Garrett Wilson some love. No, I, I, he's going to be a good player. There's no question. But I think the guy – I think because Elijah Vera Tucker is with the Jets – he he played with him. They're very good friends. He's going to promote him, obviously. And, and but everyone's doing that. That's why every you know, and the Belichick saving thing. But everyone's all oh, Mac Jones is on the Patriots. Let's get John Mechie or something like. Dude, who cares if they were college students? They worked for the Bengals. Joe Burrow was actively recruiting to get them to draft Jamar Chase when they could I have mean, drafted an I offensive mean, lineman. Well, that's right, a whole but, different but, story. But, right. Hold on. But, but did it work for the Bengals? Because maybe they win a Super Bowl if they had an offensive nah, lineman. They, they, Jamar Chase doesn't put up those types of numbers. You don't see the Bengals. Jamar Chase is special, man. That's he not true special. because Higgins and Boyd would have seen more passes and they could have maybe taken a wide receiver in like the third if round. If Jamar Chase work. stays healthy, Jeff, He's going to go down as one of the best wide receivers ever played. He, could, he very could, right? Yeah. Or he could be another bum because he's got Mitch Trubisky thrown to him because uh, Joe Burrow has two broken legs every week. Well, <laughs> I think they're going to rebuild that offensive line this offseason. They got a lot of money. There's free agents. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Scherf goes there. Uh, they draft an offensive lineman in this year's draft. They solidify that offensive line. They better line. hope so because – First of all, in his rookie year, they got him killed, and they almost got him killed this year. Well, 11, 10 sacks, 11 sacks. How many sacks in this? Just in the Super Bowl. Seven. Seven, seven sacks. sacks okay. Nine sacks against right. Tennessee. Right, and, and and it was nine sacks against Tennessee, right? And it was, I, I mean, dude. Two against Kansas you're gonna, City. And you're, you're right, well, because Kansas City stinks. <laughs> um, but you're going to get the dude killed. You're yeah. going to get the dude killed. It's going to be fun. This name, is... a, name, name another quarterback that's going to succeed taking 10 sacks every week. Nobody. It doesn't work. Look, ask Sam Darnold. <laughs> is he still seeing I'm ghosts? So, I'm so glad Matty Caps invested uh, all that money in like 10 Sam Darnold jerseys. And, he oh, and, 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 and his Hall of Fame ticket. <laughs> right. I mean, ridiculousness. He does. Unbelievable. He does. He's got like a home jersey. Of him on USA. I said, why don't you get a Jets jersey? I'll never wear a Jets jersey. Now, the real question, did he get a Carolina Panthers jersey, or does he expect to be traded again? (laughs) I I knew he was going to be the biggest He plays the Jets for everything. I knew he was going to be the biggest bust in the world. Name one good athlete with red hair. It's never happened. Sam Darnold to the Steelers. Maybe him and Juju can reunite. Maybe he goes to the Giants. He'll have a heart attack. There's 
there's never been one good athlete with red hair. Andy Dalton stinks. Sam Darnold. Oh, the other extreme for him. Yes. So I love Sam Darnold, but can't say Andy Dalton. <laughs> Turns out Andy Dalton's much better than Sam Darnold. Yeah, I mean, if you look at his numbers, they're pretty damn good. Look at his career. Look at his career. <laughs> Say Andy Dalton was productive with a terrible Bengals team, and Sam Darnold sees ghosts. <laughs> he sees ghosts. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. I mean, you can't name one single good athlete that's ever had red hair. They don't exist. <laughs> Well, you can ask the Yankees. One of them is no longer playing for. Him. I gotta look up. I gotta look up a picture of EJ Perry. If he's got red hair, I don't want to hear it from Nippon ever again. <laughs> no, but if he doesn't, but then they'll just have something here from EJ about EJ Perry. EJ Perry. EJ Perry. I don't, <laughs> I don't think the hair color is gonna make a difference on this one. EJ Perry. Yeah, I heard all I needed to hear after Brown University. <laughs> ask him about EJ Perry. Ask him. E.J. Perry. He's probably looking at me. He's like, who the fuck is E.J. Perry? <laughs> yeah, I mean. Oh, dude, my God. He hey, says E.J. Perry is better than Tab Darnold. <laughs> also, also false. EJ, the best school E.J. Perry could get into was Brown. Darnold at least went to SC. Jesus. Oh, my God. He does. He has red hair. <laughs> oh, my God. He does. He has red hair. Speedy, I swear to God, I'm not making this up. Go on, go look up EJ Perry. Go to his ESPN page. It has his picture from Brown University. He's got red hair. (laughs) I'm looking at it right now. Let me see. This stupid haircut, too. He does. Buy a comb, you moron. He's a redhead. (laughs) He's a a ginger. That's it. It's over for him. Wow. It's, it's <laughs> the kiss of death. Yes. Not, not, he, the, not that we were expecting a high things except for Nithin, besides <laughs> that, but still. Yeah. Oh, he also threw 14 interceptions at, uh, at Brown. I mean, yeah, okay. Right. Let's like, uh, get impressed like about if, that. Like if, like if Sam Darnold was like a musician, Sam Darnold would be signed to like Death Row Records or something. EJ Perry is selling his mixtape on the corner of a street. That's like how, that's how you got to compare these guys. Uh, Nathan says, Terrible. "Who's better, Garrett Wilson or Drake London?" Ty. Ty. All right. Ty. I like both. I love both of those guys. I like both of them. I really do. Speedy. I, I, give, I, I give overall like skill wise slight edge to London, but it's really interchangeable. I'm with Jeff. Like I, I could easily go Wilson. It also depends on the scheme. So I'll give London slight edge, but not by much. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's so close. It really is. Well, uh, They're both great. I, I love I, them both. I know why Nithin wants EJ Perry to be successful. He's in love with his cousin Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> She is amazing. So you just want her to succeed in the NFL so you can go to games with your so cousin. So you can sleep with her as a cousin. <laughs> there you go. Okay, I wasn't going to go to that extreme, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't draft him. The red hair is all I needed to know. <laughs> oh, man. What a it's all downhill now for him. It's all downhill. Yep, it's, it's he's not even the good. He's not even the good Perry. The good Perry is A.T. Perry. <laughs> I don't know if A.T. Perry's in the draft this year, though. 
I, I don't know. You guys would know more than I would. I don't even know who A.T. Perry is. A.T. Perry's a wide receiver at uh, Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Yeah, 2021. Let's see if he's in the he's awesome. He was awesome this year. He was awesome. That dude must have had a trillion yards and a bunch of touchdowns. Yeah, it doesn't say. Know. It doesn't say on any of the news. We'll see if he's on the draft list of the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, A.T. Perry, 1,300 yards. It was 1,293 and 15 touchdowns with 70 catches. In 10 games, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, A.T. Perry, what a stud. What a stud! Oh, yeah, I don't see him. I don't see him on the list of oh, yeah, at least for the production. Yeah, so it probably is next year. Next year. Yeah. Well, no, he could have gone in this year. Okay. This was his third year, so right. he could have gone, but I guess he didn't. He'll wait. That's until too bad. Next He's year. another good player. He'll wait until next year. Probably. Hey, it is what it is. But I, Shane, man, what a guy that Shane is. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, Shane Hallam. Yeah, he's good. You know, he's really no good. nonsense. No, no, no dumb takes. Well, how refreshing is it not to have an idiot on on your show? Mm. It's got to be refreshing, right? Yeah, you know, and he he's not a he's not too fond of EJ Perry. <laughs> Nobody is. <laughs> his, Stop hold on, his partner thing. was his partner was very into EJ Perry. That's what he said. <laughs> yeah. Dude, no no one should be. <laughs> Don't worry, the Cowboys will draft for the seventh round, and Nithin will be ecstatic. Uh, well, Nithin, uh, I, I told you, the only reason why he's talking about him is he wants to sleep with his cousin. <laughs> and, and, and EJ Perry won't even be better than Cooper Rush. <laughs> well, I'm rooting for you, Nithin. It's not going to happen, but I'm rooting for you. <laughs> Jeff, thank you for calling, man. You're awesome. <laughs> what are you guys doing a mock draft? We should do a mock we draft. Are. We're gonna do, we're going to do that. You know, probably two weeks before the draft, we're going to do that. And we'll have you, Carl, on again. It'll be fun. Ah, Daxton Hill, top ten. Here it comes. Yeah. Right, oh, on. God. He's got two Michigan guys that are going to oh, Okay, the other two Michigan guys make sense. They'll probably put them one and two. <laughs> yeah, and Daxton Hill, Daxton Hill to uh, Atlanta or something at eight or something. <laughs> I mean, how terrible are some of these guys with their Homer opinions? You know? I mean, how terrible is this? Does anyone look at anything objectively? Can we just have honesty here? Mm. You know? Yeah, Nithin says we have the hottest cheerleaders in the NFL. I guess he's talking about the Cowboys. I would imagine so. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're the best, right? Sure. Right. These idiot Cowboy fans are so stupid. (laughs) There's a reason you have to turn away those season tickets. Oh, oh, no, I would have bought them if it weren't for the, the seat licensing. Oh, okay. That was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. Yeah, oh, yeah, I would go and I would just put up videos on YouTube of just me walking around making fun of Cowboys fans their face because they are the lowest common denominator. Like, as far as people go, they are the lowest life form. <laughs> These people are bottom rung, bottom feeder people, Cowboy fans. <laughs> <laughs> look at the look at the cowboy fans you've had, right? Look at the look at the cowboy fans that you've had that you've talked to. They're all dumb, <laughs> right? Nate, Nate, show me a smart one. Uh, the beef. <laughs> that's that's your that's your judgment of it, right? right like think about three this. Super Bowls the, in a row. Here it comes. The, think about this: the smartest cowboy fan out there is Jerry Jones, and we all think he's an idiot. <laughs> 
right? And he's like the leader. You know, like cowboy fans, it's like Lord of the Flies. You ever read Lord of the I Flies? I did in, my, in high school, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. There, there, there's the fat one, Ralph, that tries to like take over with. That's the beef. Right? <laughs> right? There's a bunch of idiots out there. Nifit right? says they're, he's not dumb. so stupid. He says he's not dumb. Really? You just had a take on cheerleaders, you idiot. And EJ Perry. <laughs> and e- yeah, that's your contribution today. Cheerleaders and a Brown University quarterback, and you're trying to convince people you're not stupid. <laughs> oh, what a show. <laughs> I, I mean, how outrageous is that, right? I'm not dumb. What do you think about EJ Perry? <laughs> I don't know. What do you think about SpongeBob SquarePants? <laughs> I probably trust him more than AJ Perry. Uh, right. Exactly. Uh, Unbelievable. <laughs> and he didn't even show. I'd, I'd say it to his face. He didn't even show up on here. What are we doing, Nathan? He wanted to know about the dude with red hair if he could play quarterback. That's enough. That's enough. I've heard enough. <laughs> Jeff, thank you for calling, man. All right, boys. Enjoy. <laughs> oh, what a show! Yeah. Oh man. Oh. Well. Wow. Yeah, Anyways, that out pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to thank uh, Draft Countdown managing partner analyst Shane Hallam for joining us. He was awesome. He really yes. was sensational. Gave us some good takes. Uh, Nithin on the board, <laughs> laughing and giggling over here. I mean, he obviously wants to know who EJ Perry is or where EJ Perry is going in the draft. Um, I, I love the face of Shane Hallam when when I asked him that question. By the way, um, he says my uh, my partner likes him. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Uh, I, I guess Nithin is looking to uh, mack it with. Uh, you know, his uh, cousin. Yep, exactly. Yeah, well, figures, you know. Anyways, um, we'll be back next Wednesday. Uh, listen to the Weekend Crunch on Saturday, 7 p.m., right? Yep. Um, we're working on doing a lot of new things for uh, the Weekend Crunch. We will have uh, the Money Line Mania, who is 85 or 84.5% right uh, in the fir- first three weeks we've done that segment. So they're they're hitting their targets doing very very well so very excited on what they're doing and 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 really what they've been a part of with our show on 103.9 fm so they've been sensational so thank you to them um 7 p.m uh iheart radio if you're not here on long island or 103.9 fm um until then uh this is me errol marks and speedy pd saying good night and we'll talk to you next week 9 p.m Wednesday night. Good night, everybody. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.